For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Paperwise, well, certainly online and a story that doesn't make the print, but Barry Roach is reporting it online in the Irish Times this morning, is that uh, there'll be a post-mortem now today. Guardi have said that there will be a post-mortem to determine the course of an investigation into the death of a man, tragic death of a man in his 50s. His body was found in an apartment complex in Mallow in County Cork. I can't say any more about it than that, apart from the fact that the man was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, Neighbours apparently uh, raised the alarm because it's a, it's an apartment complex on Thomas Davis Street. So more than that, we cannot say. Uh, today's post-mortem will determine the course of the investigation into that death. Um, many people will be calling for an investigation and indeed, yesterday on air, we had some very emotive phone calls regarding our health system. One of the conversations, of course, was, was, was with 70-year-old Patricia McCarthy. Now, my conversation on air with her yesterday, having spent 57 hours waiting for a bed on a hard seat in a pod in the CUH A&E. Uh, all of the papers have picked up in that. Uh, in bar none, I think they're all carrying that very emotive story where she says it absolutely broke her heart to be in the A&E CUH for that period of time and what she witnessed herself, not just herself going through, but what everybody else was going through and how they were suffering. She said if she was an animal on air to me, she'd be, she'd be treated better. So that story is picked up by all of the newspapers this morning. Meanwhile, the agonising waits in the A&E is a front page of making the mail today. At the same time, while thousands of health workers are sick themselves and they're out of work, so you're seeing also a record number of over 75-year-olds presenting at A&D. Uh, and doctors are warning that people are dying unnecessarily due to the lack of beds. Mind you, I have to say, on the basis of the stories that we were hearing on air yesterday morning, you have to wonder if doctors are always right. Uh, I don't mean to be second-guessing them. They're the people with the medical backgrounds. But certainly some of the cases that I've been hearing should never have been sent to A&D in the first place. And it must be very exasperating for A&D staff, doctors and nurses and medics, who do see people in A&E and find that, Mother of God, they should have gone or been sent with a prescription by a GP to a pharmacist. But trying to see a GP is a bigger problem. But just back to that one issue of absence rates. Now, to call it an absence rate, of course, uh, which is a story that makes the Irish Times today... Okay, technically it is, but it's people who are actually sick and can't go to work. Um, One in 20 staff now within the HSE system are out due to illness. Uh, So that also, of course, is very much impacting on workloads within uh, the hospital setup. Yesterday we were talking about how absolutely appalling the system that is the HSE has been since the offset, since Michal Martin decided to get rid of the regional health boards. Um, and one would think that communities work better than anything, don't they? If they say community policing works um, is a huge deterrent to crime, surely be to God, community health care is also the way to go rather than this massive big machine that works and is centralised out of one HQ in Dublin. But now they're actually... That machine that I'm talking about does make the times because that would be the health service executive. So the top suits within the health service executive have now directed hospitals to put in place plans immediately. I think that horse has bolted myself, but plans immediately in place for seven day working uh, for staff, including senior doctors and consultants. So they want a 7-7 working um, hospital system. You would think it would always be 7-7, 24-7, but it's not. A lot stops 
uh, and close the business on Friday and doesn't reopen again. Uh, A&E doesn't stop, don't get me wrong, but there is a serious shortage of staff then. Doctors and junior doctors and available consultants say at night or at the weekends. So, hospitals told to bring in seven-day working. Um, as I say, without wanting to repeat myself, you would think it always would have been that way. Quite a lot before the courts as well. I know I've been honing in on a lot of issues involving businesses, particularly in the city, who are plagued by shoplifters, burglars and people who are either robbing or assaulting staff and robbing. And a few from the court yesterday is a woman who assaulted two men working at the spa shop on McCurtain Street. Now, Willie, the owner of the spa shop from McCurtain Street, has been a regular contributor to this program down through the years and a good friend of mine and a really good guy, works hard and has a great shop up there, but has spoken in the past of burglaries and assaults and issues involving uh, addictions on McCurtain Street and antisocial behaviour. So, um, Olin Kelleher was the judge. It was a 34-year-old woman, Margaret DC. It was her latest sentence. She got jailed. Uh, she's been jailed now for five months. Uh, apparently in November, smashing a bottle of whiskey on the floor of the supermarket where she was barred. Uh, and now the most recent incident relates to the assault of two men working in the spa um, when she uh, took items from the shelves, placed them in her bag without paying and refused to put them back. She had been barred from the premises and she punched the two men with her fists a number of times. And interestingly, had 217 previous convictions, including 11 for assault, one for assault causing harm and 158 for theft. There's another story then of a shoplifter with 146 previous offences who also uh, got jail. And again, before the Cork courts, uh, got 10 months jail, a 38-year-old woman, 146 previous convictions for theft. She confessed to eight more incidents of shoplifting and got 10 months jail. Uh, I could go through each and every one of the cases involving the shoplifting, but I got... Don't have time for that, obviously. And then there was a character who actually went back to a car. There's a fellow who was caught stealing sunglasses from a parked car. He then went back to the car to retrieve his mobile phone, which he left there during the theft, apparently. And he's a fellow called Stephen Moore. He was before the courts yesterday pleading guilty to the two parked cars. And also, apparently, uh, he, he was under the influence of, of drugs at the time. And I think you, can, you will find that with a lot of cases before the court courts, unfortunately, there are some sorts of addiction issues. It could be drink. It could be drugs. It could be a combination of both. So, a uh, busy, busy day yesterday with regards to thefts um, for Judge Olin Kelleher in Leaside. Um, you know, sad news because um, we see another business closing in the city. It's a story that's kind of almost half buried away in the echo, but it's there nonetheless, which um, uh, says that Super Value are going to close the food store at McCurtain's, McCurtain's, sorry, Merchant's Key, I should say, because of uh, decreased footfall in the Merchant's Key shopping centre. As in, decreased footfall will lead you to believe that there's not enough people going into the Merchant's Key shopping centre for Super Value to find it, deem it viable to keep the shop open. So they're going to close it. Uh, and that's sad news, isn't it? I hope that the 39 people that are employed there will find other work and find it fast. Papers also this morning talk of the Lebanese authorities who are continuing to investigate the murder of Private Sean Rooney. And the Red Tops this morning say that um, Lebanese authorities are now charged seven suspects with uh, Private Sean Rooney's murder, including a man that makes the red tops this morning claiming to have confessed to firing the fatal shots. Meanwhile, of course, with the core connection to this story, it is the story of the cavalry trooper Shane Carney from Killa. And he suffered serious head injuries when the car crashed and overturned 
uh, and Private Rooney was was killed. And um, Trooper Carney, of course, was flown home by air ambulance before Christmas and continues to be treated at Dublin's Beaumont Hospital. Um, and that hospital specialises in head trauma injuries and hopefully he'll make a 100% recovery. Do you remember yesterday morning's paper was saying that uh, TDs uh, had human excrement thrown at them and some of the red tops were calling it human excrement. It wasn't. I wonder do people... How many people would think that it lessens the offence now that we know that it wasn't human excrement, but it was cow dung? And it all has to do with, apparently, above in Gorton, County Galway, they want to put in a biogas plant. And not everybody's happy with it. And some farmer threw cow dung uh, at the minister, Anne Rabbit. Um, I imagine that you would use the cow dung um, and you would make energy... Uh, probably would it be gas or electric or both from the cow dung. So anyway, the headline in the mirror this morning, it says, I dung nothing wrong and won't apologise for firing the cow dung. Um, does it make it any less of an offence, I wonder, the fact that it wasn't human excrement. Um, and, and other stories, actually, uh, I was talking yesterday morning of how a lot of the big tech giants probably overestimated um, how busy they were going to be after the pandemic. Like Amazon certainly got it all wrong and they hired an awful lot of staff because things were flying during the pandemic with so many people at home. But what we've seen subsequent to that is that they have to lay off staff uh, and there are more job losses in Ireland to come because, you know, when, when society started to reopen up again, it just figured, makes perfect sense that uh, less and less people were buying things online because they were that homeless and they had less time on their hands and I suppose... I don't know whether they had more disposable income while working and living from home. Uh, but there's uh, also some research that goes to show, and I think we know that because there has been, unfortunately, an ever-increasing, creeping increase in the amount of young people who are gambling. And a lot of it is, of course, by use of uh, mobile phone. And apparently there's research out now saying that young men who play sports have a higher tendency to gamble. Um, gambling among young males is becoming a bigger and bigger problem. And they hone in in particular uh, young men aged 17 to 20. And when we talk to addiction counsellors on this programme, as we do from time to time, of course, we find that to be very, very true. I I don't know how many are following um, Harry's um, continuing barrage of his family. I mean, if we're to believe everything that he's saying about his brother and his dad... Uh, and his relationship with his extended family and how he's been treated and Meghan Markle. It makes all of our families look like the Waltons, doesn't it? I mean, you think that normal families are bad with regards to rifts or tiffs or fallouts or moodiness. Mother of God, this is an Oscar-winning performance of family brawling. I mean, and again this morning, there's just page after page of him going on about all sorts of stuff. Getting bashed, knocked to the floor, having his necklace pulled off by his brother. Um, I think it's in quite bad taste in the book where he goes on about killing 25 um, Taliban when he was in the military. He says he did cocaine. He lost his virginity in a field at the back of a pub to an older woman. Incidentally, Liz Hurley has cons- consistently denied that it was her. Uh, blaming his brother for the fact that he wore the Nazi uniform. He said it was Will and Kate's idea. It just goes on and on and on. And all of this, of course, being released in his memoirs. What do you make of it all? Uh, text 0868104106. And finally, 
Finally, did you ever think that any one fish would raise a quarter of a million pounds when it goes on sale? But that happens regularly enough. And the latest one is one single bluefin tuna. Very rare fish, actually, as opposed to the yellowfin, the bluefin. Sold yesterday at auction in Tokyo for £226,000. And that's the wholesale price. I guess by the time that they carve it all up and fillet it and sell it in all the different places they're selling it, that one single bluefin tuna probably would have a plate value of over a million pounds for one fish. I mean, it's a big fish. Uh, Don't get me wrong. It came in at 467 pounds. Um, I don't know how old a fish like that would be. And of course, it's kind of sad when you hear of it in terms like that. Uh, that there would be in such demand that one single tuna fish would sell for a quarter of a million at wholesale. You could easily four times that at retail. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Uh, and we got a lot to get through this morning. Uh, among other things, of course, uh, Free Food Friday and also Women's Little Christmas with a wonderful prize to give away and some great texts as well from people. Now, I know I've been watching some of the texts come in in the past 24 hours and there is a few people saying that Women's Little Christmas is condescending and that it's insulting to women. In fact, there are some texts saying that it's even insulting to men, making out that men don't lift their weight, that this was you know, unfair to men, that really and truly the days of women carrying 100% of the chores or being chained to the cooker or the kitchen, that they are well gone. So all that and lots more besides, but your thoughts on it, text 0868104106. Michelle got into, onto me by text, quite a lengthy text, but rather than reading it out, I much prefer to talk to people on air. So Michelle, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, I'm good. How's your son, though? He's okay. Was he's he f- right. Was he 14 year old lad, Thomas? Isn't it? He's 14. He'll be 15 next week. Okay. And yeah. um, was he was he out on the 20th of December at lunchtime? Was it in the city or where? Where did all this happen? Well, I'm living in Granabraher Avenue, and, and it was in that area, was it? It was in that area. Yes. Um, so he finished school early that day because they were doing their Christmas exams, and he went up to the shop, Con shop. Oh, Con! How is Con? I wonder. Is he well? I think he is, yes. Good, good, good. See him good. around, All yeah. Right. So he went up with a few bob to what? To buy a few bits and pieces? A couple of jellies, yeah. Right. So he came back down the road on his own and he was coming down Cathedral uh, Granabraher Avenue the very start of it. Yeah. And a black Mercedes pulled up. Next a black time. Mercedes, okay. Black Mercedes. Okay. Put down his window, called him over and asked him um, where was his bike and Thomas said, I, I have no bike, I don't know what you're on about. So he jumped out of the car, grabbed him by his arm, stuck a knife up to his stomach and told him that if he didn't get his bike back by that night, he was going to effing kill him. Incredible, and, incredible. Yeah, and then after doing that to him, kicked him in his private. Kicked him into the genitals? Yes. Okay, okay. He he was accusing your son of robbing a bike, was it? Yeah, I, I just think, look, his bike, obviously right. there was a bike on, missing on this guy, that's fine. But you can't be going around blaming children on the street. Grabbing, like, yeah. Yes, 
Yeah, random. You know? and, and, he, and, and let's just say, he was 100% in the wrong accusing your son. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So your son is an innocent member of society going about his business. This guy pulls up in a black Mercedes, jumps out with a knife. Oh, with a big kitchen knife. In the middle of the day? In the half past 12. All right. So what did your son do next? So he came home. Your man got back into the car and he came home. So I rang Gronenberg Guard Station. Was he upset when he came into you? He was. He was upset. No, he's putting brave face on him. No, you know, saying, oh, I wasn't afraid. But he came in the door actually crying. Because, of course, if you were coming down the road and somebody stopped and pulled a knife on you, you're going to get a fright. You, you may try and put on the bravado and young fellas would, but, you know, we'd all be, we'd all be absolutely, um, you know, traumatised by somebody. The, the knife was up against his stomach. Yes, okay. up against his stomach. All right, okay. So then um, I rang Gronenberg Garden Station and to be fair, I rang them a quarter to one and they were here and all before one o'clock. And they spoke to Thomas and they just told me to keep him in till they had this guy arrested and they'd let me know straight away. So they do have his name and the reg and his last known address, but they still haven't caught him. Okay, so had Jason got... Um uh, a car reg or anything like that or did the guardie do all of that themselves? They done that themselves okay. because there was CCTV which I've been told there's excellent CCTV of the incident with my son. Can't even go to the shop like for a bag of jellies can't, now. You can't even go to the shop for a bag of jellies but it, like he didn't only do it to my son. How do you know that? What else happened? So the following night um, the Wednesday night a young fella just living a couple of doors up the road from me um, walking down the road on his own, just about to turn in home, and car pulls up. This time there was two of them in the car, and same thing. Threatened him, took out the knife, um, and told him that if he didn't have his bike back by two days' time, there'd be a bigger surprise. Well, I don't know what that surprise was going to be, but showed him the knife and told him if the bike wasn't back by two days' time. There was a bigger surprise coming. Right. Hey, are they just going around to randomers trying to put the fear up all of the young fellas in the area so that it's, so, so that the penny might en- eventually drop and whoever has it might... It's a push bike, is it? I don't know if it's a motorbike or a push bike. I don't actually know. I don't know what it is. Because right. my son said he didn't understand what he was saying. Why didn't he understand? Because he's not... He's an international... Oh, he's not Irish. Okay. No, okay. he's not Irish. No. Okay. No. Right. Should, should, no. Should, it shouldn't matter, like, you know, uh, you're no, a human being, you walk on two legs, doesn't matter what your com- country you're from, you shouldn't be behaving yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. Definitely shouldn't. And it's just, what's it going to take? Is he going to stab somebody? Is he going to kill somebody? Well, here's what, like, here's what could have happened here. Your son could have got an awful fright, tried to push your man away, your man might have started to get even more angry, came at your son. Your son might have tried to grab the knife to keep himself safe. And before you know it, your man has the knife inside in his stomach. That's, yes. what, could have, that's what could have happened. That's how, could have, that's how that could have played out. That's how it could have played out, yes. Totally, yeah. He's back in the oh car. Oh, my God, and gone. Yeah. 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 Gone in his car again, yeah. yeah. So, like, there has been a few other incidents. I know of another one of a young fellow going to school on the same morning as my son. Uh, he grabbed him as well, put the knife, puts out the knife. 
same thing looking for his bike. So that's the third time he's done this? That's the third one that I know of and I know of another incident in Blackpool in um, Circle K in Blackpool. Okay. Garage. Okay. But the upside to this is Gardy know the car, know the registered address, know the character and hopefully you know they're investigating it so they're they're just they are, not, yeah. I mean the guys would take something like that really 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 serious that's yes I would hope so fairly high but that was the 20th of December like we are now at the uh, the 6th day of January yes and um, still no arrest of you, that I I spoke to the guards on Wednesday and they still you. hadn't have him on Wednesday okay. yeah. and did they say they had called to the address of the last known address and all that kind of thing yes a few times right okay okay <laughs> Well, hopefully they'll get a result in that because this character needs to be held accountable for his actions. He does, of course. Without a doubt, because kids should be safe to walk around on the streets like that. And especially like Gronabar Avenue, there's children out here playing all the time. Balls, they're purling, they're always on the road playing. Yeah, so, I mean, it's alarming. You know, it is alarming. And it's worrying for a parent. Yeah. Like he he could have sped off. He could a child could run out. He could kill a child. You don't know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. How how is your? Does your son go out now? Is he is he getting on with this? He's going to school. I, he's, I, I, he's gone back to school. Yeah, I kept him in for Christmas, like which wasn't fair because I ha- I was unfair. They hadn't caught the guy, and I didn't want to allow him out with his friends. Yeah. Do you ever wonder how it got this bad? Oh, I, you know, I, I really, my personal opinion, I blame the government for just leaving everybody and anybody into the country. Mm, uh, we, it's we, it's not always people. Okay, in this case, you'd say this character is from overseas. I get that. Yeah. But I could go through chapter and verse of the Irish courts that are full of Irish people as well as people from overseas oh. breaking the law and acting the maggot, yes. involved in assault, involved in rape, involved in murder. You know. I know, but like. <laughs> My opinion is if there was, like, there's a couple of people who have a drink problem or drug problems around this area, and I know if that had been one of them, oh, my God, like, the guards would have been down on top of them straight away. I think I think, it, I think that you'll find that the Gardaí and Gronabraha will take this case very, very serious. Guy going around jumping out of cars with knives and threatening kids, really and truly. They're not interested yeah. in where somebody's from. They're just interested in getting them. Yeah. You know. I hope so. I, I hope, hope so, so too. I hope so too. Do stay yeah. in touch, Michelle, though. I will, of course, and happy oh New Year to you. In spite of everything else, happy New Year to your family also. Take okay, care of yourself. Thank you very Text much. 0868104106. No wonder people don't go into town. I was driving through the city on Stephen's Day night around midnight. I was going up Washington Street. There was a couple in the middle of the street. He was trying to get her off the street. She was refusing and instead walked straight towards my car. So I had to stop dead. She then proceeded to sit on the bonnet of my car. After beeping the car horn, the man that was that was with her had to grab her and pull her off my car. It only lasted about 30 seconds when she sat in the car, but people don't want to be dealing with that kind of carry-on. I had my 14-year-old in the car with me at the time, and we were coming home from the Munster and Leinster game in Toman Park. It's shocking how bad things have got. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Just a quick one. An accident on the link at the Toker exit heading west. The whole place is blocked up. Can I also mention 
One of the newspaper stories this morning is the front of the Echo. They're saying that they are now going to improve the signage at Dunkettle, which is a good idea. Um, the layout is fairly straightforward, but the signage leaves a bit to be left to be desired. So what would that mean? Improve the signage at Dunkettle. Probably much bigger signs telling you what lane to get into, where you should be to get to where you want to go earlier. So hopefully we'll start seeing signage around about Mahan, I would think. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Got to look at health, guys. Have to do, have to do. Morning, Neil, on the A&E from yesterday's program. I'm a pediatric nurse. Unfortunately, my daughter was extremely unwell from Christmas Day with temperatures above 40 degrees. Lethargy and a cough. Yes, I did bring her to the doctor. 365-DOC on Monday since Stephen's day and he gave her an antibiotic for tonsillitis but by Thursday she still had a temperature of 40 degrees and was getting worse went back to my own GP she said she had tonsillitis and a middle ear infection but was concerned that there might be something else going on and that can be one of the reasons why then when a doctor says I'm concerned there might be something else going on and she wanted me to go straight to the A&E with her she's only 18 months old I went and met a nurse who gave her a carton of apple juice for low blood sugar and an ibuprofen uh, suppository for her temperature, which was 39.2. We then sat for seven hours with nobody else coming near us. In the meantime, another lady came in with her baby, a similar age to my daughter, about 18 months. She looked horrendous. If I was at work, and she's a pediatric nurse, if I was in work, I would have treated her immediately. She looked scarily sick after about 80 minutes, and she still wasn't even checked by a nurse. The baby was floppy, so I checked her temperature, and it was 41 degrees. I went up to a nurse and asked for antipyretics for the sick baby, and the nurse proceeded to give it to me. She didn't know that I was a nurse, but she thanked me for my help. My mind is blown. These poor nurses are seriously struggling to keep their heads above water, and people are left on chairs very ill because they physically cannot get to them, as in the nurses. I eventually left after I asked the consultant how long more it would be, and he said at least four hours. Instead, I left and was admitted to the bonds the next day with my daughter, where I learned she had pneumonia, bad pneumonia, ended up on IV antibiotics and a two-night stay. I can tell you it certainly is scary stuff if you need medical assistance and you don't have private health insurance. So that's just one more text. And believe me when I tell you, there are reams and reams of that. So the HSE is in tatters. It's in ribbons. The only consolation to any of this is that the rest of the European health system apparently is as bad or maybe even worse. Uh, Liam Bonner. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How and are you? I'm, and I can t- I'm good. And I can show you evidence of that because I saw a tweet yesterday uh, from Danny Boy, who's in Lisbon, and he was describing the state of the A&Es in Lisbon. Then somebody else piped in and, talk- and talked of similar catastrophes in Vienna. From Vienna then to all across Germany. From Germany then, people were sharing stories of the health system and the chaos in Finland, Norway, Sweden, and then to Scotland and to Wales, never mind the carnage in England or indeed Northern Ireland. Should we feel any better about it that we're not alone and that it's not just HSE mis- mismanagement? Well, it's 
it, it's it's a bit of like my whole my my whole point of ringing really Neil, is you know you know when you go to the continent I mean that maybe there's a mess at the moment and there's you know between COVID and and, and the, the the respiratory problems going all over Europe yeah um, but one big huge help would be I remember when I lived in Spain for, for, for all the years ago for, for for many years and you get something like this for example you can hear me now I'm quite croaky right for two weeks I've had this chesty thing and I tried to ring this week I've rang my doctor three or four times and they're up to ninety nobody can even get back to me I couldn't even get through and um I know what I need. I need augmenting. Yeah, I've done it. We've done this a million That's times. That's what? Is that, I, I, what's that? An antibiotic, is it? Exactly, yeah. You know, so we've done this a million times. No drama. And then, here you go. Why can't I walk into, like you can in Spain, you walk into a, you walk into a pharmacy, they talk to you, a professional qualified pharmacist, they talk to you, ask what everything, any other medication you're on and so forth, and they give me augmenting. And I walk out the door, it's probably cost me a tenner. And what, augmenting would have to get a GP prescription here, would it? Absolutely, and then what that means then, Neil, the whole problem is you have to go into a doctor in the first place, not a mind the queue, but the price for people who don't have it. If they don't have a medical card, that's 50 quid, and it is probably not a 25-year-old augmented in this country anyway. Some, some so GPs are actually a little more than than 50 quid, Liam. 50 and 60, yeah. you know, that's gone yeah. up again, no yeah, doubt, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you think about it, though, that, that's the first port to call, Neil. If you had that scenario here... If you had that where you can go into a pharmacist, feeling a bit chesty, you talk to the chesty, is it in your chest, is it just a niggling cough? These are qualified people, the pharmacists. And then you, you, you go in talking to them, then he gives me an augmenting, that's me done. And I'm probably done 90% of the time. And I know every doctor in the country will fight the point because they're not getting their 50 and 60 quid a pop. And that's the whole reality of it, Neil. Because it's down to you think of it. And that would be the, front, the first line of defence in this country. For so the why do the Spaniards do it that way? Do any other European countries besides Spain do that? Where you can buy a lot of prescription medication over the counter. You can, I don't know why, but I tell you one thing, I was sick one time in Spain and I had to go into the hospital when I was living there, and it's a fantastic service. I, again, I, had a, I was in the accident emergency one time, and in and out in no time. So the, or if you think of it now, the whole, uh, the whole thing here at the moment is clogged up with respiratory problems and a bit of COVID and everything else, but that, that's the bulk of it. If people could go in, walk into their pharmacies, get, talk to a pharmacy, get the augmented, or whatever else they need, I don't know, you know, that's just an example. Assuming, that the, G, assuming that the pharmacist and, and pharmacy are very highly trained that they would be able to would they be able to examine you or do they do this in a conversation or what? They do this in a conversation in Spain certainly I know that's the way it works they, you go in and you tell them and he'll talk to you he, sometimes he might even get out the little what you call the little stethoscope to, to check you over and he'd say yeah I'll give you a prescription of augmenting and to be honest 90% of the time that works and if it doesn't work then you go see your doctor and then you go do, do, do what has to be done but if you think of it the amount of people that aren't going to their doctor and then they're getting very sick with chest infections then ending up in the A&E and this is the bulk of our problem here at the moment this is where we're just clogged it seems as if there is a proportion of people who shouldn't be in A&E in the first place Absolutely. and should have been able to avail of what they needed through a pharmacy I agree with you there um, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's of less financial burden to somebody with a medical card but somebody who doesn't have a medical card that entire trip that you're describing the doctor and the pharmacy that could be 80 or 90 euro couldn't it Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And a, a lot of people don't have it, and a lot of people don't have the time. Like myself, I haven't the time to get into the doctor. I'm just too busy at work. I just haven't time to go in and sit there for, for hours on end, or however long it's going to take. And no disrespect to the doctor's surgeries or nurses or anybody. They all do a great job. It's just the whole system. Why don't they? And I'd love, to get, I'd love you to get a, a doctor on the show and get some, and then a politician, and ask them their views on that. They're going to give you a great spiel. All oh, this, they have to check you out. We don't know what other medication. We don't know this. We don't know that. Um, what they're giving you. And to 
be honest, Ian, it's all it's a half, it's a load of bull. It's it's worked for for years and years. In Spain, I can only comment on because that's what all I right. know. Okay, and it's uh, it's worked for years and years and years on that. And no, and it takes the huge. It's the first line of defence, and it takes all this away from the doctor, and it takes away from the a, the D and E. And if it's a further problem, then that that gets dealt with. But you know what I mean? It's a, it's this whole thing that we're getting to because people aren't going to the doctor. They have the money, a lot of them. Then they're getting really sick and they go to A and E, and it's clogging up the whole thing. All right, let me so do it some more text. Sense, it? Okay, you know, so. um, I don't know whether I, this. I have to confirm whether this is true or not. But Kay says you can't get Augmentin antibiotics without prescription in Spain anymore. Um, they can't get antibiotics now in Spain without a prescription. So I wonder, has it changed in Spain? And if it has, has it changed for the worst? Somebody um, says, yeah, there, you, you wonder, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just following on what you're saying that it may well have changed in Spain, but I, but I can check that out. But certainly your experience of it was that you could buy a lot of stuff over the counter in Spain that here in Ireland, you'd have to go to the GP for a prescription. Okay. Exactly. And even things like, okay. even things people going here for, for Ventolins, you know, people getting inhalers and stuff like they, they actually charge here or, or 20 euros or more in Spain, they're 250 and you don't need a prescription. You know, again, it's, it's, it's madness when you sit back and look at one country versus but the other. You see, you see, Spain, like it's much cheaper there. Like the cost of living, I don't know what the story is there, but the wages are lower. Uh, probably their energy costs are lower. Uh, you know, you you pay less for everything in Spain, don't you? You do. I mean, you do generally, yes, because the cost of living is cheaper. But how do you work out, Neil? Twenty, I think it's twenty or twenty-five here euro for for an inhaler. I know, so but, you it, have to but get if, you just, if you just if you just park that, I was I was away for a few days in the Costa Blanca just for for four nights, for instance. Or if you go to the Canaries, you go to mainland Spain or any of the Costas, you see all of these deals on cheap beer and cheap wine, and you can have a main course dinner and dessert for a tenner. You know that kind of thing. Like yeah, like I I, I got a haircut. Uh, last week, it would normally cost me between 20 and 25 euro in Cork with a 5 euro tip, right? So would you assume that anywhere between 25 and 30 euro, right? Yeah. It was 9, it's, it's, it was nine euro in Spain it's, for the haircut. I know, well, it's unfortunately, I've been to a hairdresser for quite a while. No, you're probably know. challenged <laughs> follically, but thanks be to God, mine might be white, but at least I have it. But 9 euro for a haircut. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it I, is, it is. What, like, I, I was thinking, why, what's, why is there such a huge difference? Well, you know what it goes down to now? We're going to a whole different ballgame. No talking about things like that. But it goes down to so much in this country. As you say, your cost of living, your insurances, your this and that in this country. I mean, you've got a little cafe over in Spain, uh, which friends of mine have, you know. And you have a little cafe, a little bar. Everybody can serve alcohol over the counter. And it's um, no big drama getting a beer license. You pay your little bit of taxes. And your insurance would run at maybe, cost you maybe five, eight hundred thousand quid a year. Yeah. But the same scenario in Cork for little pubs the size of the borough and stuff like that. They're, they can be paid over 20,000 a year for So it's all of the little the things in Ireland that add up to a add, huge add amount to, of money. Yeah. Like I got, I got, a, gri- I got a grilled, I got a grilled, um, what was it again? It was a uh, sole, you know, a full sole, grilled sole, yes. freshly caught, massive thing, 1250. Like if I, I, if I, mean, I was on yeah. the ring of Kerry, I'd be paying 38 to 40 euro for it. You would, absolutely. It, 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 yeah, no, it, it goes out, and it really all does come down to that, Neil, all those little things that are the insurances, your costs, your this, and even the pub, with, you know, having a TV over there watching a match. Your pub here, to just watch Sky Sports and stuff, people forget on the commercial rate, when I was on the road to Stone Inn, for example, my Sky Sports was 1270 a month. God almighty. A month. That's 15 so grand you know I mean? a year. 
absolutely. And then you're you're talking. No, look at the price of electricity and stuff and the, the gas. I do. It's, it's it's scandalous, you know, and it's and insane. just going to get worse. It's insane. You know, it's it's it, it is bad. So we really. We've got, a, we've got a disaster from government. I mean, just another thing very quickly, Neil. It's like even that disaster there in Killarney, you know, with the guys knifing and this and that. Yeah. They couldn't just for a second turn around to do the right thing. That the whole country, and logic would want to say, you get these fellas, you get them on a plane, you put them into jail, and you get them deported. No, they have to ship them or shipping them around different places in Ireland. Well, I mean, what a lot of people wanted was an automatic court appearance, an overnight appearance that would happen within Absolutely. 10 or 12 hours. And gone. And, and, and either and, and, guilty and or not guilty, cop yourself on or deport you. What, what, just get it done fast. Get it done and do the right thing. But we can never, our government can never do the right thing, you know. I mean, there's one, one system they should really look at here now with this disaster with the medical thing I spoke of, to getting stuff over the counter in pharmacies. Yeah. And there, to do the right thing. They go in, they've moved these other fellas around from Clarity you know, to different parts of the country. And these are dangerous men. These are dangerous men. Why, why do you think, they, I mean, you've been involved in hospitality, you've been involved in pubs, restaurants, clubs your in, entire life. If you were to compare now to 20 or 30 years ago, why has it got so much worse, so much more anger, violence, assaults, rapes, um, abuse? I, I know that alcohol is an issue here, and I know that the amount of drugs available it could be cocaine or tablets or ecstasy, whatever. How did it get so bad? Well, I think it goes, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a little bit croaky, but it, a, lot, a lot of it goes down to, um, you've got an awful lot of foreign people come into the country, I don't mean, I'm not blaming that on, other, on them, but it's a lot of, an awful lot of home drinking has happened in, in recent years, that wasn't in our time, in the past 20 years, people drinking at home, there's no control over drinking at home. You know, but they, somebody could consume a bottle of vodka. They wouldn't do that in the bar, you know? Yeah, um, but I, I know, I know there's it. an increase in domestic violence and domestic-related issues involving alcohol, particularly over Christmas. But it was done to a chap the other day. He worked in the bar trade in Australia for 20 years. He said, you cannot buy shots in Australia. They are, you, like, you could buy a tray of shots here in Cork right now, right? 10 or 12 of them. You wouldn't be able to do that in Australia. Well, that's, that's a good point. The point, I don't really think it, it's done to that. No, the shots are silly. People do them and it's, uh, it's, they pay stupid money for them. But I don't think it's really done to that. I think did it's you see to, the vi- it's No, I mean, but did you see the video from up the country during the week of these two girls? And they're absolutely going on each other, hammer and tongs. They were very, wearing very little clothes. The whole thing was captured and shared. And even the, even the broadsheets carried it online uh, with their body parts hanging out and everything. They were just tearing strips out of each other. Two girls. I, I know. Look, I didn't see Inside it. Inside the pub. Yeah, well, look. As I say, if you're creating society, if you if you you know this is a, you know this is a much bigger debate than what we've been discussing. Though, All right. you're All creating right. a society that lets people get away with that. And, and Neil, the, 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 the penalties in this country are a joke. I mean, you know, the whole thing for for people knifing and doing this and that, and they're walking out, they're walking away in jail, Scott Fridge, with no jail time. It's all these things are a joke. Even murder in this country. I mean, I spoke to a judge one day. He actually agreed with me. I said, Why haven't we got murder too in this country? You've got all these things. You're getting all these people that are going away, premeditated murder is murder one is life. Somebody intended to go out to kill them. But all the other times, like that guy now, in the last week, that lovely girl that was murdered last week, you're, you're going to... No, can't, 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 can't go there, can't go there, can't go there, can't go there, pending court But case. you know what I mean, but just yeah. in general, not that. But yeah. you know in general, people are getting away with the murder, but it's, and they're getting away with manslaughter because we know murder too, and they're walking out of jail in 10 years and stuff. I just and wonder why society's got so angry. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's just an angry, angry it's an angry bunch out there. And the penalties in prison aren't enough, and that's it's not deterring people from it. You know, that's All an right. awful lot of the, the point as well. I've you know? worn you out, and I know you're not feeling the best. But good to catch up. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, Bonner. Take care. Happy you, Neil. Cheers. Take Cheers. care. Thanks take care. Tonight. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. Okay, lots to do between now and midday. It's a free food Friday as well, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Perry Perry Douglas and. Blackpool Retail Park. So this will feed at least 15 or 20 of you, those that are back working, whatever the case may be, and we will deliver it this lunchtime. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. It's the first Free Food Friday of the new year. And thank you again to Roosters Piri Piri for being on board. I'll tell you all about the food involved a little later on. But to be fed, you have to tell us who you are and where you are. So text 0868 106. Shoutouts will start in about 20 minutes' time. Now, large diesel spill on the westbound side of the South Ring Road this morning. The spill is from the Kinsale Road roundabout flyover to the Sarsfield Road roundabout flyover. So it is an extensive, lengthy diesel spill. And the guards and fire services are, or at least were at the scene, and motorists are being asked to slow down on approach. A lane closure because of the spill may be needed, but proceed with caution. You don't want to go into a schlown on that large diesel spill. Now, January, and for many, of course, New Year's, new resolutions. Others, it's a dry January. Some people decide, I'm not going to drink for January. Others would say that's a waste of time if you go hammer and tongs again uh, in February. But some people will have got a fright over Christmas with the amount of alcohol consumed um, and really are, are kind of thinking now, you know, I need to change how I think about things. I need to change my relationship with booze. It's unhealthy. It's impacting my life in various different ways. Um, you could decide uh, to, you know, just stop. Um, or you could decide to stop for January. Or probably one of the best ways to do is to cut down. Uh, but, but anyway, it's not up to me to tell you what to do. But I was chatting with Vincent on the air yesterday, and he did mention Anthony Hopkins. And he said that there was a motivational piece that Anthony Hopkins put up online. Uh, and he said, you should share it with your listeners. Um, and I'm here to oblige people, and that's what this program is all about. So we did track down the clip from Anthony Hopkins. It doesn't need any more introduction, apart from the fact that we all know of Anthony Hopkins, the great actor, uh, and indeed, um, you know, Silence of the Lambs and many other films like that. So this is the piece that uh, Vincent asked me to share. Hello, everyone. I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. And um, also to say, I'm celebrating 47 years today of sobriety. Um, But this is a message not meant to be heavy, but I hope helpful. Um, I am a recovering alcoholic. And to you out there, I know there are people struggling in this day and age of cancel and hatred and non-compromise, children being bullied. I say to this, be kind to yourself, be kind. Stay out of the circle of toxicity with people. If they offend you, live your life, be proud of your life. 47 years ago, I was in a desperate situation in despair and uh, probably not long to live. And I just happened to acknowledge one day that there was something really wrong with me. But I didn't realize that it was a kind of condition, mental, physical, emotional condition called alcoholism or addiction. 
I'm not an expert on drugs. I'm not an expert on anything. I know nothing except I have found a life where no one bullies me. I want to say to all you young people who are being bullied, take heed. You be proud of yourself. Don't listen to them. Don't let yourself be put down. Depression is part of being alive. Sometimes without anxiety, life is tough. But if you need help with any addiction or problem, talk to someone. Talk to someone you respect, whether it's a counselor or to go to a 12-step program. There are 12-step programs all over the world. Every city, every small city, everywhere, every community. 12-step programs that can help you identify what you are. It doesn't cost a thing, but it will give you a whole new life. I'm not a, a do-gooder or, you know, I'm an old sinner like everyone. But all I can say is I have the best life I can even imagine. And I can't even take credit for it. So wherever you are, get help. Don't be ashamed. Be proud of yourselves. Whatever you do, don't let anyone put you down. Don't let anyone put you down. If you're going to be angry, be angry at that. Don't let anyone put you down. Celebrate yourself. As I do myself. Although I know nothing. Lots of love to you all. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. I bet some people will find that inspirational, what Anthony Hopkins had to say just there. And if it changes one person's life, then it's worth playing. He says, don't let anybody put you down. I get that. But, you know, he also talks about, and this is a quote, he says, depression and anxiety are part of life. Life is tough. Remember talking with the clinical psychologist, Dr. Richard Hogan, on the air about four or five months ago. He said exactly that. A lot of the things that we think that are exclusively our problems are indeed the problems of everybody. In fact, depression, anxiety, finding life tough, that it's part of life. And I often believe, I've said it in the past, that I think that we're doing a terrible disservice uh, to young people if we tell them um, differently uh, that, you know, that, that their problem is a real problem. It is exclusively theirs, that nobody else has it and that, you know, they should be able to have everything in life. It's not that simple or straightforward. A lot of this are the knocks and bumps of life. I'm not taking from people who really do need intervention or need counselling or need some kind of help. But another time, we're, we're just going to raise a society that just won't be able to deal with the knocks and the blows and the disappointments of life. I've felt that for quite some time. Your thoughts are welcome on that. Text 0868104106. Oh, and incidentally, if you are having any trouble or trying to clarify, as because a lot of people now have got gifts over Christmas that they're going to be giving back. They're going to be looking for refunds. You might find that you can't get the cash back and they're only offering you a credit note and stuff like that. You know the way it is. You might have gift receipts and stuff, presents that you might have got over Christmas that you don't want or that you don't like and things like that. Might be able to, but I certainly will be able to clarify that and shed some light on refunds and refund policies. That and lots more after 10 this morning. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 
Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Somebody picked up on a conversation on here yesterday saying that no patient stayed in an ambulance for three days outside the COH. I can guarantee you that is false news. I questioned it on a number of occasions when the on-air caller said it yesterday. Uh, I can do no more than that. Um, I mean, I can certainly check and see because if that was the case, maybe we put in a call and find out that would be a record if somebody was actually treated on an amb- in an ambulance for three days outside CUH. It sounds astonishing, I know. Out of the €84 billion the Irish people paid in tax last year to the Irish government, how much of it went straight to Germany and the EU? This is just a pantomime. It's been going on for years and it harks back to the days of Mary Harney. If HICWA and politicians pays a visit, you'd be guaranteed there'd be no trolleys visible when they visit. The doctors and nurses should not cooperate with management. We have senior politicians in Cork. Yes, we have three of them. In fact, one texter says, call on Michal Martin to head up to the CUH today. No warning that he's coming. Just go and see it in its raw, uncensored form. Uh, I suppose to answer that, even if it's a question, has Michal Martin ever arrived at uh, CUH A&D unannounced? Has Simon Coveney, for that matter, or indeed Michael McGrath? I think I could hazard a guess by saying no. Um, and I don't even think that a politician would be allowed into the A&D uh, unless they were ill or sick. I don't think that... Would they carry the clout or the power to say, I'm a senior politician, I'm going in to see it for myself? Uh, but to answer your question, no. Those things are always very choreographed, and they shouldn't be. I couldn't agree or sympathise more with your callers on air, particularly the woman... Uh, that spoke so passionately. Uh, I spent three days in one of the hubs waiting for a bed. I was quite sick and it was degrading and frightening. It was cold and dirty. Uh, Our governments have let us down so badly and added to the fact that here in Cork, although we're seeing that much of Europe has the same problem, here in Cork for many years now we've had three senior government ministers. My father-in-law in his 70s was sent to the CUH by his GP three weeks ago with a suspected stroke. He also has onset Parkinson's. He was on a chair for three days and then just sent home. Throughout the days, he was still being told that they thought he was having strokes. He was discharged on the third day from the same chair he sat on for three days with low blood pressure. It's absolutely horrible there. Uh, And there are many more like that. You could have 25 more hospitals in Cork. It will make no difference, Neil. Uh, What's needed is staff. You can put billions into the health system. They've done it already. It hasn't fixed it. I spent 11 days in A&D for a heart attack in CUH. The staff are running around. It's crazy. Nobody could work in these conditions. And that was November 2022. I was 11 days in A&E on a trolley. If you had those 3,000 back, the problem would be solved. The 3,000 that the texter is referencing is those that left the Irish health system last year to go and work overseas, primarily in Australia. My dad was taken to hospital the week before Christmas. He was waiting three and a half hours for an ambulance. By the way, the ambulance had to come from Tralee. Otherwise, it was 14-hour wait for an ambulance in Cork. He could potentially have been having a heart attack as we were unsure what was wrong with him. Tried ringing South Dock to be told that South Dock for our region had COVID and that they would have to send one to Bandon. It was 4am when they came for my dad. He ended up in hospital for 10 days in the end with gallstones and a very bad infection. Again, time after time after time because of a shortage of ambulances and ambulance crews, the ambulance there had to come from 
Tralee to Cork City. I mean, that's broken, right? That's just not needing a change of batteries. That's broken. The nuns weren't nurses. To those of you who are saying, bring back the nuns. The nuns weren't nurses or medics, but they did know how to run a hospital. I have friends who are doctors and other kinds of medical professionals, and I have to say, they're some of the stupidest people I know. God almighty. No common sense, but great at their job. How could you have no common sense, but still be great at your job? I'm not very happy to hear that you have friends who are professionals working in the medical profession who are some of the stupidest people you know but there you have it nonetheless so more of those texts throughout the course of the morning but uh, so the time doesn't get away with me I did mention that this is the time of the year notwithstanding that people are bringing things back do you remember years and years ago years and years ago you could bring anything back to Rocha stores and they give you the money back for it I'm telling you now it's the truth you could buy something in Dunn's Bring it into Roach's stores and they give you a refund for it. They were just known for it. They were incredible. Now, of course, you have statutory rights when it comes to a refund or a credit note or your money back. It's different if you buy something online to buying something in a bricks and mortar store. But for those of you that have, and I'd love to hear of people who have had problems trying to bring things back to cork shops that you don't want, that you got as a present, that you don't like or any kind of reason, uh, particularly. And, and it'd be good to hear of people who did get their money back But I have to tell you, you're going to find out after the break, you're not necessarily entitled to your money back, just in case you do think you're entitled to it. After the break, Sinead Ryan, print and broadcast journalist with the Irish Independent and News Talk and host of a six-part RTE series called Me and My Money. Sinead Ryan knows her stuff after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Sinead Ryan, good morning. Thanks so much for taking the call. Listen, this oh, is... This good is, morning to you and Happy New Year. And many happy returns. And I suppose talking about happy returns are not too happy returns. This is kind of the time, really, isn't it, after Christmas, when things will be going back to the shops. And it seems to be a lot of confusion, confusion about people's rights versus obligations of shops to take things back and give refunds. What's the law on all of this? There can be huge confusion about it. And I think largely the confusion is born out of the fact that many shops are very, very good most of the time at taking back returns because they are interested in goodwill and word of mouth and their customers. However, the law is very clear on this. They don't have to take back returns at all uh, at any time if the item that was purchased was you know, in good condition. Yeah. So if it's of merchantable quality, there's nothing wrong with it, they're under no obligation to take it back. And you'll find that a lot of shops then, especially during sale season or during, at Christmas time, they will refuse to take items back. But there'll be a little sign up somewhere near the register to say your statutory rights are not affected. And that's a different thing altogether. That's your right under consumer law to bring back any product or good which is damaged faulty, not as described, or doesn't do what it says on the tin. And those rights exist no matter what. But everything else is in the lap of the gods, if you like. It's the goodwill of the company. And is it a case then that some chains or some shops are better than others at this? Yes, I mean, some shops, and I suppose we're talking here about maybe local businesses for whom goodwill and word of mouth is really, really essential to them. And you'll find most of them, even where costs the money will tend to be better at saying to 
to customers, look, if that doesn't fit you or it's the wrong colour or it doesn't suit you, bring it back and you can swap it for something else. Right. Uh, and that's very nice of them and um, and they do it for that reason, but they don't have to do it. Sometimes some of the bigger stores will say, look, we have a policy across the board that you can't bring back anything. You certainly can't bring it back if you got it in the sale uh, and that and that's policy for it and they're in, entitled to make that uh, choice. And, and just, just on that point, you can kind of understand some of that in the sense that they don't want stuff coming back that might have been a fashion item or a shoe item or something like that that might have been worn um, and might come back with makeup on it or dirty, you know, or whatever the case may be, soiled. So again, you can kind of understand that. Yes, indeed. Or anything, for instance, that was seasonal. So, you know, a Santa hat or, you know, a festive jumper, jumper or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, or something now that's on sale because if you bought if you bought something during December, maybe to give it a gift or for yourself, uh, or that you received and it was at full price, and now you're bringing it back and it's at sale price, well, the shop might say, well, we we don't want to pay out on that. We now have them all deducted, uh, so we're making a choice not to take it back. But I did come across a case last week of um, what we'll describe as say as a sports outlet that was selling lots of sports uh, clothing and sports footwear, where somebody brought something back that they got as a gift it was the wrong size um, but the shop didn't have the right size Right size, refused a refund and it was only offering a credit note to the value um, nothing to see there either No, that's very generous of the shop, they didn't even have to offer the credit note Neil, because they're under no obligation to do so so I'd say they were being accommodating there by saying look, we're prepared to exchange it we don't have the right size in Here's some money, and you can come back the next time, maybe in the in spring when we do put those sizes in or a different shoe in. You know that that's the best you can hope for okay, uh, in those okay, circumstances. Okay. So just to clear it up once and for all, then there's no obligation on any business to give you cash back, or even unless it's damaged or faulty or bad quality, or even give you a credit note. You're entitled to neither, in fact. And if you get either of both, you should be thankful for it. Indeed, you're doing very well uh, if they're going to be accommodating at all. Now, the only uh, difference, the only time where that applies separately is where it's bought online. Okay, I was going to move to online because the laws are better online, aren't they? Yes, uh, they're far better because European law recognises that you don't get the opportunity. If you buy something on the internet, you don't get the chance to touch it and feel it and ask questions about it and examine it in, in real life. So as a result, the law is a little bit stronger. And what it permits now is for any item that you bought online to be returned or to be notified that you're cancelling the order within 14 days of receiving it. And then you've another 14 days to actually send it back. Uh, and that's for any reason. So it could be a perfect item, but it's the wrong colour. Uh, and that's no problem if it's been bought online. Now, that's no help to somebody who was gifted a Christmas present that was bought at the beginning of December. But uh, if for anybody buying anything at the moment online, then uh, those rights exist. But it has uh, to be within 28 course, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be within 28 days. And of course, it has to be from an Irish or EU website. And I'm, con- I'm seeing a lot of cases where people are falling foul having bought stuff in the UK, uh, even if it was from a .ie website, because that's no guarantee it's Irish, uh, it could have been manufactured in the UK, and of course they are now outside the EU, as we all know, and they are not obliged to follow EU laws on this. And have, are, you, are you finding that companies like that are not following the EU laws? They've stopped following them, they're just refusing refunds? 
Correct. Uh, they're refusing refunds, they're refusing to take items back, they're refusing to honour the obligations under lost items, for instance. So if an order isn't delivered within 30 days, right. you're entitled to your money back and lots of them are not honouring that. Now, there are lots that are, um, and, and some are better than others, but, but the point is that they, they no longer have to uh, buy lost. There's no redress if uh, they choose not to do that. Okay, one, one or two other questions for you, and thank you for the time. One would have to do with the expiry date on, say, for instance, gift vouchers. Um, is there a new law on that? Because before it could be 30 days or two months or three months, and some can be five years before they expire. Uh, what's the law on that? Is there any particular date and time? Well, since the 2nd of December 2019, any vouchers bought after that date must carry a minimum expiry date of five years. Now, that's great because, as you say, up to that point, shops could kind of really decide uh, all the terms about vouchers. So they must be five uh, years, which is super, and you can also use more than one voucher towards a purchase. You can get change in vouchers on a purchase that costs less. Uh, but I, I would say to people, it's still a good idea to use a voucher as quickly as you possibly can. There's no point in having a five-year expiry date if the business closes down or changes hands or no longer operates uh, and your voucher is useless. So it's still a good idea to spend it as soon as you can. And I'm sure what better time than in the sales. And true enough, yeah. But what about, say, for instance, one-for-all cards? They're very popular with people. Say that people might get them as gifts in the workplace or you might give it to, you know, somebody that you wouldn't really know what to buy for. The clock is ticking on those, is it? Well, they're not vouchers, uh, Neil. And I, this, is the, this is the concern about those. Now, I think they're super. They're very flexible. You can use them in thousands of outlets. And as you say, companies like to reward their staff with them. Uh, and people like to give them because of the flexibility. But it's important to recognize these are not vouchers. So they don't come in under the voucher legislation. They're actually considered electronic money cards. So it's a bit like those prepaid pay zone cards or the prepaid debit cards yes. that you can buy. Yeah. Uh, and it carries its own legislation. And even though it doesn't have an expiry date, which is in its favour, it can apply, and a lot of the other ones can apply what's called an inactive balance fee. This is a really annoying charge that is placed on it after a period of non-use. And it can be in one for all case, one forty five a month, but in some of the ones I've seen, particularly those for uh, shopping centres, it can be uh, as much as three euros a month. Can be deducted deducting from the outstanding balance every single month, so so eventually, ultimately, it could just whittle away. Exactly, and that's what does happen because people mislay them. They misplace them after Christmas. They don't see anything they want to buy, or maybe it's for somewhere that they don't visit very frequently. And by the time they get around to spending it, well, lo and behold, the balance has whittled away. I've never been able to get a satisfactory answer from these companies about why they apply it. It's some vague thing about oh, we have to pay for our services yeah. and maintaining registers and all that kind of nonsense. But really, it's very annoying. So again, use the card, the voucher, the certificate, whatever it is, as quickly as you possibly can. Okay, so just to recap again where we came in, there's no automatic right in consumer legislation to an automatic refund in any way, shape or form if there was nothing wrong with the product. If you get a refund, um, Jobs Oxo, if you get a credit note, that's good too. No point kicking up a storm really for cash refunds. If you get that, it's brilliant, but you're not necessarily entitled to it. That's correct. And look, you know, 
retail staff have a hard enough job to do without <laughs> trying to deal with people who uh, think so. they've a right where they don't. So let's be kind to them. Uh, they're under no obligation to take it back unless there's something wrong with it. Good stuff, Sinead. Thanks so much for taking the call. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate it. And to you. No comment at all. Bye-bye. Bye. Share your own stories, guys. Text 0868 It is the season of bringing things back. But again, I think Sinead is spot on there where she says, you know, be kind to retail staff. They have enough job, they have a tough enough job as it is. And, you know, they don't make the rules and they don't make the laws. Your only statutory obligation in law is for defective goods, you know, faulty, damaged, uh, you know, not what you thought it was. Uh, but other than that, uh, if you get a refund and it's cash, well, you know, that's an added bonus. Free Food Friday, courtesy of yourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. We will feed at least 15 of you, or at least Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool will. It'll be delivered, delivered even, piping hot this lunchtime. So you will get, um, for starters anyway, chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. And then the main events include chicken chicken wraps, chicken pittas and beef burgers. One of the, one of the nicest uh, beef burgers I've had in a long, long time is the Rooster's Piri Piri uh, beef burger. All the meat basted in the famous sauces, the berry sauce and the piri salted fries, rice and waffle fries. You get your mayo and your garlic piri mayo and everything to go with it and then build your own cheesecake for dessert with all of your own toppings to choose from um, and that'll be delivered uh, this lunchtime. So shout outs to everybody at RPC Haulage in Granada. Happy New Year to you all. Always working, always hungry. Morning, Ross. To everybody at Ross Oils and Fernands who are starving. Back to work for the new year. Northside Tires on the Old Mallow Road are listening. Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire. Morning to you all. AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower. Little Hands Child Care on Redemption Road in Blackpool are listening this morning. Unique fit out in Glanmire. Keto Products um, uh, would love to kickstart the weekend with uh, Rooster's Piri Piri Lunch. St. Killian's Special School in Mayfield to ease them back into the new year. Everybody at Easy Living Interiors at Little Island. They're up the walls and they need food for fuel. Everybody at Team Motherway Agri who are listening this morning, particularly Chloe and Anne. To all the staff at Tusla at the North Point Business Park. Rockwell Engineering and Clohean are listening. Uh, DCN Developments in Glanmire. Especially the Lodal Driver Ducky who's working flat out. Fair play to you, Ducky. Uh, ECIJCB in Carrick Tool would be a great treat for lunch today. McCarthy Commercials in Watergrass Hill uh, would love Free Food Friday and they've been in business since 1974. So congratulations for that. We'll do some more shout-outs throughout the course of the morning. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 and we'll do some more shout-outs in a half an hour's time. Um, Eleanor standing by with Nolag Naman in a couple of seconds. But Finbar, good morning. Hello. You Mate. you wanted to pick up on a refund. Is it what what was this? was it a Christmas gift or what? It was a birthday present. Okay. I was at the scene for my daughter. Okay. And as it was, uh, I went in and got back in and it was the the waste. I was out of an bit of waste. Unusual for me. <laughs> so I brought it back in. Didn't fit. And it didn't fit, no, and the waste. I was at one put going up the sizes, one or two sizes, I didn't realise it. I was never been inside so long. Snuck up on you over the COVID stone, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I went in and I got the, I got the credit the credit the credit note. But I had it so long, you know what I mean? And I didn't go in, I was going I couldn't get in there with the COVID and the daughter went in. It was a day only one day. She wouldn't sell them on one day over the twelve months. 
and they refused to take it. The credit note was only for 12 months, was it? Yes, yeah, but the other lady said they were saying something about five years. That seems extraordinary. I'd have to go back and check the length, the statutory length of a credit note. She did say longer than that. I think it's bad form, in, though. No no business should do that, though. It's it's no, it's, it's bad in, practice. And I was in there about two or three months afterwards because we were to COVID. I didn't go as an out, like probably everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And I did it myself. And I said to them inside there, and they said, no, I, I, I was looking for no money. I was just looking for no that I could get closer inside there. Yeah, you weren't looking for cash back. But it was only out no, of date by one day. By one day. One day, the first, the first time was one day that it went in on the Saturday morning. I always remember it. She said, they wouldn't change it. Yeah, no, no you would think that... She just wanted to change it. Change it just for extended again. Do you understand what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You or something, and then you would have got another credit note then, say, for the other 12 months, if you understand. So because it was out of date by one day, you were down 60 euro on the jumper. Yes, no, it was, it was uh, slacks. Slacks, whatever, yeah, okay, sorry, yeah. Well, I think that's bad customer policy. You won't be doing yourself any favours doing that to people. In the old days, they'd have just said, I would hope they would have just said, Asher, ah, sure, look, it's only a day over, we'll do it anyway. What the hell, you know? Yeah, but I said, they're after taking my money. For me, it was my, my money they took off me. They stole off me, you could say it. Yeah. That's what they do. I, I was putting it back, put it back in there. I didn't know. I was going to spend it in there. I didn't want the daughter come back. I know, but house. the fact that it was only a day out, you know, that makes yeah. it harder to take. You know, it really yeah. does. I, I, I will check on the length of time of a credit note, the valid validity of a credit note. In your case, it was well, a year and a day. Yeah, I yeah. Somewhere, somewhere uh, yeah, I know. I know. Right. You see, the thing about that is, you won't buy in there again. You won't shop in there again, which is exactly. Unfortunate. All right, let, let me check exactly. that out, Fimbar. Happy, happy. New Year's year. Uh, happy New Year is right. And also, happy Women's Little Christmas. Happy Nulag Naman. Lots of texts on this, actually. And I have to say, some of them are quite uh, divisive. I see a text here saying, Women's Little Christmas is only made up stupidity. The 6th of January is a day for everybody to celebrate the end of Christmas, full stop. People saying, stop going on with this women's little Christmas nonsense. Others are suggesting it's condescending and insulting to women. You might think that, you might not, but there's a lot of events on on Leaside tonight in hotels all over the city, suburbs and county. They have special nights on for women to go out and celebrate together. Where did it all come from, though, particularly here in Cork? Eleanor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And Happy New Year to you. You, you, may, be, you may be able to said, shed some light on Women's Little Christmas. Well, a couple of years ago, um, I think it was Joe Duffy's show, a very famous woman, Kella Mag Brown, she had a guest house. She was actually one of the first housekeepers of the year. And she gave cookie lessons, cookie lessons and all that. But she said to Joe... And I could I can equate it. It's long ago. Women in the country used to wear turkeys. Rare turkeys for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it was a way of making a bit of money, you know. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of work involved because you had to keep them in. They could fly over the ditches or anything, yeah. and you obviously had to feed them. And um, people were fussy. They didn't want big turkeys. Big turkeys too big and all that. But that time people wouldn't get paid until the 6th of January after Christmas. So the people that bought the turkeys, the neighbours, friends, they had to give them for car drives in the house and all that. They would pay the person on the 6th of January. So that night, all the women would go and celebrate with their money, you know, all their hard work. And um, it was a huge part of 
country life. But it took off in the city, I'd say about 10 years ago. It just caught on, you know. Ah, longer than that, though. Much longer than 10 years. No disrespect <laughs> now, but... I'm talking about women's little Christmas for decades and decades. Was your mother a turkey seller? She was, she was, yeah. Yeah, it, we had a little grocery shop here in Garyville, and she's where the turkeys in the field, you know? Go away. You know, there's only a cottage, but there's an acre onto it. Yeah, yeah. And the way it, it was like, it was a way of making money, you know? Everybody would be broke after Christmas, you know? And she'd rear the turkeys starting, I don't know, maybe, but would be like in the autumn or something, is it? Start yeah, rearing them, fattening them up. I think, yeah. 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 But um, here's one story, uh, one Christmas, my brother, like when you were selling a turkey, you had to let it fast for five days. But she said, my brother would kill the turkey and he killed the wrong one. <laughs> you know, he got killed himself. But, um, you have to, the, the turkey has to fast so that the stomach is empty when it's sold, I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, of course, we look eating the faulty turkey, you know. But the way it was, we lived to tell the tale anyway. Yeah, and was that what, what kind of a little shop was that in Gary Vaux? A grocery shop called Mullins' Cross. Because a gold mine at the time, you know, because there were no supermarkets. No supermarket. And did did everybody in the locality do all of their shopping in the little shop? Oh yeah, they had the uh, account they paid at the end of the week, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They had their little books that they'd come, you know, and um, and it was when. Quintworth started the yellow pack. That was the start of the supermarkets and uh, then people had to go and get cheaper stuff, you know. Quinsworth came and along and, and originally the Douglas Shopping Centre in the Front Village was one of the first... I know there was Cornell's Court and stuff like that in Dublin, but I remember when Douglas Shopping Centre started. It started small. Then Quinsworth came in as one of the tenants, of course, Pat Quinn and that. And that, that was the start of all of the big shopping centres then, wasn't it? And your Tesco's... That would have been in Milton, but... It came to a stage where it would be cheaper for my father to buy from Quinsworth and we sell. But it was illegal, he couldn't do it. I you know? know, I know, I know. Go in and buy there and resell. In the, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duns, of course, Duns were around for a long, long time, but that would have been very much in the city on Patrick Street, you know? And I don't think Duns had a supermarket. Actually, I walked in the city myself in Elbridge, so I'd be fairly friendly. I suppose originally it was just drapery, was it? Yeah, just drapery, yeah. Go away, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be very familiar with the city, you know, like I was in Elbridge for 15 years. Um, yeah, so that was... And is the shop in Gary Vaux gone now, Elner? Oh, yeah. When my parents died, um, my brother got the home place and he just converted into a big house, you know? So you couldn't keep it going with all of the competition from the multinationals, you couldn't? Yeah. And it was a big problem with bad days. People who owed, who owed money on the book, is it? Yeah, ah, because sure. you're so friendly with them, you couldn't, you know, get it back. So, so well, yeah, I mean, if you had, if people had books and credit, and they were from the no- locality, it would be very difficult to force the money out of them, wouldn't it? Oh, would yeah, very impossible, you know. I know you'd have to put it down to just, as you say, bad debt. Yeah. Um, very so interesting. My, my man came up with a policy one time because uh, when the when the debt got high, they disappeared. But we go to the house and she said, look. You can pay it, but if you pay five pounds a week off, we put it at the back of the book, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that worked with some of them, you know? I, it would with the genuine people. They would be mortified yeah. about the debt, but probably not everybody, you see. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, um, Lovely story, though. Thanks for sharing that. Happy New Year to you, Elner. Thank you. Take care, take care. Lines open, text 0868104106. Neave, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Now, Women's Little Christmas. You doing anything? 
No, I never have actually, so this would be the first time I've been lucky enough. What's the plan? Um, the plan for tonight? Yeah. Oh no, I don't. I don't have any plan. I'm hoping I do. <laughs> All right. So what story have you to share with me that might result in you winning for yourself a table for four at the Metropole? Well, it's a bit of a bit of bit of a mad one. I'll give you the PG, PG version. Uh, don't bother so. with the PG version. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has to. I say it has All right. to. All right, off but you go. So off you go. Off you go. Was, yeah, back in 2010, myself and my best friend Rachel um, decided to go to Oxygen. So after a train and two bus rides to get there, we dragged our bags and our tents and the whole lot, and eventually got to Nate and realised that we never bought wellies, like the one essentially. You have to have the wellies. Yeah, we never yeah. bought them. So went to Penny's and they only had size seven and eight left and were a four and a five. So we were in a crush to the kind of walk around the place anyway, but <laughs> luck we managed to get into them. So uh, we got to the entrance anyway with our, with our all our gear and your man took one look at us and he was saying, what are you doing? So we had a day ticket, but we thought we could camp overnight, you know, that it would allow us one night. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, we were left with everything thinking, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I... Why in the name of God would you think that you could tent oh, overnight with a day we pass? You were young and dumb, like. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's total you greenhorns up from Cork. That's it. My favourite, my favourite bands are playing, and I hadn't seen them live, so I was just like stereophonics, you know, right? That's it. Yeah, everyone's going to know me now in Cork. Right, <laughs> okay. I'm a huge fan. So um, I jokingly said, "Oh, anybody want to buy a tent? Can undo my rest." And this fellow was like, "I'll buy them." So sold our tents for your grand, and you sold had, the tent. We sold the tents, two tents we had, like two small tents. So we sell a bottom off with Sawyer Grant. Um, so I knew a couple of lads from Dublin going, they were driving. So I contacted one of them and I just said, look, can we please leave our bags in your car because we can't get in with them. So he said, no bother. So that was grand. We had a great time. I'd say I broke every bone in Rachel's body trying to get through the crowd to get to the front. I don't know how we got to the front. For the Stereophonics gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was the best day of my life. But uh, we were drowned rats anyway. We were just soaked to skin. It was so bad. But in between the ins and outs, we managed to get back to the car to get our stuff. And we had obviously wet socks. We changed our wet socks into our dry socks in the wet grass. Don't ask me how that even happened. But we were still destroyed. So... My lovely friend decided to um, drop us into Dublin, not offer us the worst day for the night, but she said, look, I'll drop you in there. So it was half two, three in the morning. We were on Grafton Street outside McDonald's. Realised we had lost our money, lost our train tickets, lost everything. How did that happen? No idea. No idea. Oh, Sorry, no. So there's so much, so much went on that night there with the crowds and the whole lot. Couldn't tell you how yeah, this is the edited. This is the edited version I'm getting, this obviously. But it first, resulted yeah. anyway and everything. It wasn't being... that bad now, but yeah, right, that's okay. it. All right. So we, we went into McDonald's anyway, only to be kicked out because we had no money. And we were like two fools inside there. <laughs> so I walked over to some guards in the street and just gave the whole like, you know, oh, we're from Cork, we lost our money <laughs> story. So they were like, right, off into the car we went. Brought us to some station in Dublin, which I can only describe as like a very dodgy part. I don't know where we were, but they literally said that we could sleep on the, the stone benches by the front door for the night if we wanted to. So what? They didn't even give me we a cell. They didn't even give no. me a cell. No, and like what we didn't see coming the door that night now, it was nobody's business. Like, geez, like, I don't know. Yeah, we saw we saw it all anyway. So the next morning, um, <laughs> the lovely guard was on. Did She's you sleep the night? I doubt it, like, no, I don't think so. I think we're too alert, like, where we were, like, and it was just, it was a crazy insider, like, so uh, it felt like we were locked up, like, at one stage, but uh, a lovely guard came on the next day anyway, and he, off he went, he brought us down in the paddy wagon to Houston. Station, oh, for God's sake, in the paddy wagon. <laughs> yeah, in the back of the paddy wagon. 
Uh, we'd, uh, she had the Irish flag, flag wrapped around her. I had the Welsh flag wrapped around me, like soaked skin. And he actually bought us tickets to go home on the next train, to be fair to him. So, like, there we were. Did the guard buy the tickets somewhere. with he his did, own money? Uh, yeah, he did. And did you have a chat with him about that, like, as to why he was being so kind and so generous? No, sure, look, we were, like, 19, 20. I don't know which ones to get home now at this stage. We saw our heads on us and, like I said, our hair was stuck to our face. Like, really oh, my God. So the guard buys the, the two tickets. You, you, oh, also, did. you must have been starving. Oh, come here. I, you know, I don't even remember now how bad the feeling was because we were numb, but I tell you, when I got off that train into my house, it was the best shower I ever had in my life. Oh, so, my yeah, God. That's... There's story, but everything happens to us, the two of us are just jinxed wherever we go. Like, there's there's plenty more, but I said I'd pull that one out. That's a good one. It's right up there. And to be honest, it's the best I've heard so far, but I love the idea of the guard. I mean, did you get the guard's name? Did you send a card? Did no, you send a box I of chocolates? Know, Nothing? If, if we were a bit older now, we definitely would have done that. I'd say just our age and just our stupidity at the time. I'd say we didn't even think, but... We do talk about him now and again, like we do think about him. So I have an image in my head. I don't know his name, but we ever see him again anyway. I just wonder whether, like, you described an awful lot of characters going in and out of the Garda station that probably wasn't a cell to put you in. It was yeah, that busy. But oh, it, and it was tiny as well. Tiny, like. But yeah. at the same time, the guard bringing you in a paddy wagon, putting you on the train and paying for the ticket, that's a beautiful example of Irish generosity, isn't it? Exactly, that's it. I totally restored her faith, like, yeah. I love it, I love it. Like, do you ever think of ringing somebody in Cork to come and get you, no? Oh, God, up in Dublin, I wouldn't. We'd be killed. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'd say if it was my daughter was up there, she'd have rang me at two in the morning to come oh and get God. her. Yeah, look, when no, I don't think much you can do the story on your friend. So I say my mother and father. So. It's right up there, girl. Stay listening. Let's see how we get on. Thanks okay, for thanks now. Man. Take care, Neve. Cheers. Let Bye. me chat with uh, Tara on line four. Tara, good morning. Good morning. Okay, good morning. I have a table for four in the Metro Bowl tonight for Women's Little Christmas. Do you celebrate? Um. Yeah, I would normally, yeah, with my sister and my mom and friends. So this is a story um, from, what, last year, is it? Uh, just July gone. Yeah, um, it was oh, your 30th. Yeah, we've been, um, uh, well, my friends and my family were all about having a party because we hadn't been mo- out much due to, you know, with the whole lockdown and everything. Yeah. And when they're saying, like, my 30th is coming up, they were like, come on, you need to have a party. Um, no, it wasn't something that I wanted because I suffer with anxiety, so being the centre of attention is not my kind of thing. Right. Um, they had my hair, makeup booked. I cancelled everything that day because I couldn't bring myself to go out. So my my mum and a few friends had called to the house. We had a few drinks before I went. I had a bit much. Uh, <laughs> was in the back of the taxi on the way to the venue, and I looked at my mum and said, "Oh, it's brilliant! It was a brilliant night." My mum was like. How we haven't even got there oh, yet. Oh, for God's so that sake. Was, that, that had been the start of it. Wasn't it a great night? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, um, now I don't think my partner was a bit impressed sitting in the front of the taxi here with me saying it was a great night. He was kind of thinking to himself, oh, here we go. This right. is going to get fairly messy, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. so um, we got to the venue anyway. All my friends and family were there. Uh, bar one of my friends, she was a bit late. She came in. Uh, she was just only just after having a baby, so like this was her first time out after having uh, her small one. We ran at each other to give each other a hug and ended up on the floor in the middle of the dance floor. And I was like, you know, I didn't know, well, I didn't really care to be honest because I was so drunk. I got up, I went down to have a fag, but my family said I'd gone missing. They'd come, they'd come down the stairs to follow me, but 
I was not outside the door. I was after crossing the road into a pub because I thought I'd seen my uh, sister's neighbour. It turned out it wasn't even him. But when my family walked into the pub, I'd been sitting at a table with three old men just singing away to, the, to know whatever songs they were singing. And my family like, you do realise your party's across the road and not here. How much did you have to drink at home? <laughs> I, not that much, but it doesn't take that much to get me drunk anyway. So, so you're in the wrong pub now, singing away, having a sing-song with a bunch of elderly <laughs> men. Okay, carry on. And my mum had to come in and was like, come on, Tara, like, you know, your party's across the road. So, And the men were there, oh, she's all right, leave her there, you know, so... <laughs> I ended up crossing over the road anyway and we finished out. Uh, no, uh, we had a brilliant DJ and I asked the DJ, can my sister sing? And I was like, oh, please, you know, just leave her, have one song, you know, it's my birthday. I was pulling that card on it. Uh, now, she do have a good voice, but not when she's drunk. <laughs> now, she got up on the stage to sing and not only did she, like, a small group of our friends and family, but I broadcast her late to the whole of Facebook. Oh, and everyone got to see her singing. Now, what really made the night, well, really the next morning, I know, did you see the video I sent you in the I evening? haven't seen the video, sadly, but what, what oh, if, yeah, if I was watching it, what would I see? Brilliant. Yeah, so what it was is my sister had gone home uh, with her partner and she'd been wearing like a flowery jumpsuit out that night. Now, she woke up the next morning in a completely different dress, but it was on backwards. Now, she don't even remember how she got the dress on, but she went into her wardrobe and made the look as if she'd been rolling around in her wardrobe the whole night, playing dress-up. And it's the video of her, like, how do you go out in a flowery jumpsuit and come home and you're, you wake up in a dress on backwards? Now, it was the first for her anyway, but... Yeah, no, that, it's just that video alone made, and it just summed up the whole night for us. Like, it was a brilliant night. <laughs> oh, really? It was a brilliant yeah. night? <laughs> From what I can remember. It was the kind of night I'd be so mortified I'd never want to go out again. <laughs> no, no, because I knew I was around family, I wouldn't have done much, you know, out of the way anyway. Like, I got home safe anyway, so... That's the main that thing. Was, At least you did get exactly, home safe. <laughs> exactly. It's just my sister was the, the dress up in the wardrobe, because it's not the first time she's done something like that. We were down in Clarny another time, and uh, we had been there at a... It was my son's funeral, and we were down in the Glen Eagle Hotel. She's telling me, shut up, no, for telling you this. But, uh, we had two rooms next to each other, and the next morning she knocks at my room, and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, can you come outside? I need to tell you something. I'm like, it's only your own kids. Like, what's going on? And uh, she's like, Tara, I woke up out here last night with absolutely nothing on me. Oh, so no. she's gone sleepwalking out of the room. Like, oh, oh, I can hear her in the background telling you to shut up. <laughs> yeah, and then she's knocking down my door, like, trying to wake me. But she woke a man two doors down. I had to come out and give her a house call because she had to leave her back in. Stop, don't, so, don't make uh, it. It's just, it's when we go I can hear her in the background saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> Never again am I ever talking to you get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, don't make me laugh don't make me laugh go away will you before I collapse <laughs> thanks Tara you've got to deal with your your sister now when you get off the phone from me Joanne good morning hi Neil how are you <laughs> don't make me laugh I have a pain in my chest oh, is this a train story is it a Rihanna gig I think yeah it's, it was about 10 years ago and um, we were coming down on the train after a weekend a great weekend so we're about halfway down and I said to my friends, I need to go to the toilet. They go, sure, it's just there. I was like, I'm sure I've seen someone going in there a while ago. They go, no, no, sure, there's no lock. Go on, work away, like. Go up, I get anywhere. And it was one of the automatic, you know, the automatic doors that you press the button and it, it slides N- open. Nightmare. So, yeah, so I pressed the button and it slowly opened and all I could see was a man 
sitting on the toilet with his pants down around his ankles reading the paper. <laughs> reading the paper? <laughs> Was there, a, was there a shortage of seats? Like, or some people need a newspaper to go to the toilet. I had seen him going in, but I hadn't seen him going in. So he, he was in there a while, like. <laughs> so he was just staring at me and I was staring at him. At this station, people in the carriage could see what was going on. I just turned to my friend and motioned to her going, there's no one in there. She was like, would you come away from there? And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know what to do. But hold on a second, what was, his re- what was his reaction like? He, he didn't move. He actually just, was staring at me and I was looking at him and I was just like it was like the longest few minutes ever just standing there so I went back to the seat anyway with a big red head on me because I was disgraced my two friends were doubled over they couldn't even look at me and I just sat down for the rest of the train ride I just wanted I wanted to get home that was it I didn't even see the door close and I don't know if he came out he probably stayed in there till he went to Kent Station I don't know but I just I never ever forget it those doors are absolutely deadly. That's oh, happened that to loads of people. You know, I you, never use them. You no. go like to those who don't know it. They're huge, big doors. They swing open automatically. They swing close. You close them. But when you think that's 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 not all you have to do. You then have to go to the other side of the cubicle and push a red button to lock it. That's it. Yeah. Isn't that, it's the stupidest <laughs> design. And she couldn't get up when you were sitting on the toilet. And when, when, you're, sitting, you when you're sitting there, you, you wouldn't be able to reach over to the button to close it. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. I love it, I love it, I love yeah. it, I love it. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Niamh. We're looking for gal pal stories. Text 0868104106. Back after these. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. We're looking for the best gal pal stories because we've got a table to give away tonight at the Metropole Hotel. Friday, 6th of January. You will enjoy a Prosecco reception on arrival. You can book it yourself, actually, if you want, for yourself and your pals in the Metropole. So Prosecco on arrival, a four-course banquet in the ballroom and a night of dancing with Laba, sorry, with the live ABBA tribute band Super Troopers. And then a DJ till two in the morning. There'll be all sorts of spot prizes and raffles and just a great night in a super hotel. The Metropole Hotel tonight, you could be going. You can book it directly yourself. We have a table to give away on the best gal pal story for Women's Little Christmas. few fast texts on this. My late, very good-looking brother was a taxi driver back in the day. He said, Little Women's Night was a very strange night. The women would be throwing themselves at him. He'd be spoiled for choice. I'll just leave it at that. The women would be throwing himself at them. At him, um, there are others like uh, um, uh, texts from Women's Little Christmas, like these. Would you at least use the correct name, please? It's Women's Christmas or Little Christmas, not both. You're just jealous because you're not invited. Why don't you have your own party day, Men's Christmas, Little Men's Christmas, <laughs> Little Men's Christmas? I mean, why not in this world of equality that we live in? Um, it's, it's called Three Kings in Spain. And tonight at 6pm, they'll have floats on the streets of Spain for the kids, where they'll give out free sweets and chocolates. Nothing for the mammies, though. Whatever your listeners want to reflect on, that's their business, but each to their own. We will celebrate the 6th of January whatever way we want. We don't need lecturing on the matter, thank you very much. Women's Little Christmas has always been celebrated on the 6th. So that's a response to somebody who texted earlier saying that it's condescending, that it's insulting to women, uh, and that it is just um, the height of stupidity. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, Nonig Naman was the old law nullig. 
Um, the day Christmas was celebrated before the calendar was changed hundreds of years ago. And just one or two quick ones here. Um, Heidi says, well, in Cork, we call it Little Women's Christmas, where we all go out and get langers. And I, as a woman, am sticking to that tradition tonight. Good luck to you. There's loads of these. One or two more. What was so wrong with women picking a day for enjoyment for themselves? Bless the men who understand how emotional women get coming up to any festive occasion for families. So it's not stupid that women should take a day for themselves. Sandra says, it's an old Irish tradition. Let women enjoy it. Um, and one more. While Well, I'll be out celebrating with all the little women since it's my birthday today. And there's a lot more than that. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Tony from Tony's Menswear. Good pal of mine. Hope you're well, Tony, and Happy New Year to you. He called in to say that he will honour Finbar's credit note from earlier on. He says he'd be more than happy at Tony's Menswear in the city to sort Finbar out with new trousers and indeed a jumper. So we'll have to find out what is the um, the uh, expiry date of a credit note. Is it 12 months? Is it longer? Because his one was 12 months and one day. It was one day over the 12 months and the shop wouldn't honour it. But Tony's coming to the rescue. New trousers, few fimbar, and a jumper into the bargain. I love the word jumper, don't you? It's much better than sweater. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Free Food Friday with some Free Food Friday shout outs courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park So morning to all and Happy New Year to the Immunisation Office in Mallow Primary Healthcare who are listening and would love some food to start the weekend Union Hall Smoked Fish are listening this morning Barry Joyce Coles at the top of Fair Hill Pat McDonald Paints in the Commons Road are on board Chris Hagerty texted Free Food Friday would be great for me and the boys driving the 208 Eight bus, we're starving. Go on by, Sissy. Uh, keep those texts coming. Everybody working at the Gold Reserve in Cork City. Nice place to work, Morgan. The Gold Reserve, I'll be darned. The B Shift in Stryker, uh, supplying all hospitals with all the medical equipment they need. Uh, everybody at Crone and Buckley Steel Fabrication in Ovens are listening. Happy New Year to you all. To everybody at Cope Transport Section of Montanotti. To Tidy Mechanical Repairs. Uh, Happy New Year to all. To the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind as well. Donovan Auto Services in Upper Glanmire. Animal Care Hospital in Douglas. Country Farm Supplies in Middleton, keeping the farming community going, working flat out. Would love feeding today. Same at St. Vincent's Hostel. I'm a cleaner there and the workers here deserve a well-needed treat and a feed. Irish Removers in Bishopstown are listening. Donsworth Office Supplies in Forge Hill. Uh, Cam's in Mallow are listening. Morning to Maeve. Just another few. Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike. Doodlebug's Crash in Passage. Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies are listening this morning. Everybody at Small Ones Play School and After School in Middleton. Power Aggregates are listening in Carrick Tool, all around Beauty in Mayfield, Brothers to Charity Day Service, the Bon Secours Care Village, and two or three more Pre Met Fabrication, uh, Loran National School in Bandon, and Joe Crowley Oils in Inishana. Now I'll have one more bunch of shadows to do between now and midday. The food from Roosters Piri Piri will feed 15 to 20 of you. So you've got 10 minutes now to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Another bunch of shadows this side of midday. Just talking about women's little Christmas, right? And all things associated with it. I saw a very interesting advert that was up in Tesco. Apparently they have it up in one of the, somebody spotted it up the country at a Tesco in Galway. And it's a sign you know all the different aisles 
I'm a mad fan for following the signs so I'll know exactly where everything is, particularly if I'm in a supermarket I haven't been before. Uh, so you get all the different aisles and each of them has the signs up at the start of the aisle. There's one of them in the Tesco for domestic appliances and they're very good for putting everything in English and also in Irish. But in the Tesco, apparently, the domestic... <laughs> the dom- the domestic appliance sign translates into Irish as Dievluk na vanaw. Dievluk na vanaw. As in domestic appliances. So the literal translation of that is appliances for the kitchen for women. Of course, those days are well gone. So I hope that they're changing that because um, domestic appliances does not, transpl- does not translate into appliances for women. I mean, I see a text actually this morning saying something along the lines of, not all women spend Christmas slaving over a hot stove, you know. All I did was peel the spuds and make the stuffing. We stayed at our grandson's house and had uh, our, our, and did play our part in cooking Christmas dinner, but not much. My husband cooked the gammon that we took over. I prepared nothing apart from peeling the spuds. My grandson cooked the beef. My other grandson brought, bought the starter and cooked some of the veg. My daughter-in-law cooked the rest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm even exhausted listening to the, all of the effort that went into that. But point being, it's a 50-50 world we live in now, men and women, I believe. Just wondering whether or not the columnist and journalist Siobhan O'Connor would agree with me on that. Siobhan, good morning. Good morning. Is it morning? I've been up so early at the gym, you know yourself. I know, doing the things you never did when you were on the booze, is it? Uh, No, I actually always did go to the gym early, um, you know, but I suppose if you have drinks on a Friday night, you're not going to really get up the next day. I know. know? There's There's so much to talk about. Firstly, can I just ask you, do you dubs up along there, do you celebrate women's little Christmas or is that a cork thing? I did a few years ago in my uh, cousin's house. She was high up in one of the political parties and she was having lots of fancy women around. But uh, my mates don't do it now. Are you mad for it down there? Yeah, it's a huge tradition on Lisa. Like you'll find that all of the hotels across Cork City, Sorbison County will put on special events tonight for women. Wow. Big Prosecco receptions, four course dinners, tribute bands, DJs, strippers, oh. the lot. Goodness. Strippers? Oh, I'd love to be there in Cork. <laughs> but you oh. but you wouldn't have a drink in your hand. Now, I know it's dry January <laughs> and I was keen to talk to you this morning because for people who are engaging in dry January, this could be their first challenge, the first weekend of January. But you ditched it months ago. Yeah, I, I, what started as a health kick is now just unreal. I can't believe it. I think as you get a bit older... I'm not going to tell you my age now, but uh, that's all right. I can't do. I'm only joking. I can't do hangovers, especially with kids in the morning. You know, at the weekend, it kind of ruins the weekend. Um, so I kind of thought, let's see, is there more to life? And I think this is the problem with the word quit or give up or whatever. I think we have to add in, you know, because um, the the rhetoric is just give up everything, just like you know. Uh, all the chocolates that are in your house, bin them. You know, after Halloween, it's been all those. It's like you, you, you've done a lot of excess over Christmas. So it's about being a bit kind to yourself and adding in. And if you kind of switch the rhetoric in your mind um, and tell your brain you're doing this not for quitting or giving up something, you're actually adding in, you'll succeed. It's really funny. The brain is so much more powerful than what what glass, what glass. Yeah, we've drink. been talking about that over the last few days, that people start out the new year with the best of intentions year in, year out, and they have a list of things that they're not going to do or things they're going to quit. 
and that maybe we should be reversing it things that we should take up or things we're going to do yeah. is but but just on just on the booze because you are so right hangovers in children don't miss mix god oh, knows i remember there was no. many saturday mornings when i was absolutely dying dying and, and you make you, the best of promises to yourself don't you and then you meet people at the gap pitch or the ballet and you're like, oh, geez, when's this day going to end? And you're kind of dragging yourself through. And look, Irish people don't really normally, people Irish, Irish people I know and me included, don't normally have one glass of wine like the Parisians do or the French or the Germans. So I think, you know, I'm not I'm not really wrong, I hope, in saying that we, we kind of know how to, to give it a good lash. How you know, did your friends and acquaintances react to this? Because or did you just turn into to a hermit or, or what like what you, how did that go <laughs> do you know what they couldn't believe it I must have been some wino I tell you now um, <laughs> no you know they uh, they just sort of said what you know you're, you're just giving them up and I said I, I just want to see if there's some other buzz and now I realise that the buzz is ourselves we are the buzz not what's in our glass and that's taken me a while to realise um, because I've been I went to everything like and just had the zero zeros you yeah, know yeah but um, how would they react to that like would you get pressure ah uh, you're no fun or just have one or are you pregnant or you don't have a drink problem were all these kind of things said yeah yeah, it's a really interesting one because I was at my sister's hen and she lives in Canada and I turned up um, and there was a big party bus. Oh, that was hysterical, by the way. Like all of these things I remember so, so clearly because, of course, I wasn't having the wine. But one of the girls said, Siobhan, is that, what's that? Because the bottle I had said zero, zero Prosecco or whatever. What you, have you something to tell us? Are you preggers? What's going on with you? And I was like, no, and just on a health buzz, you know yourself, hate hangovers. And then at another event I was at, not an event, it was quite of this kid's uh, kind of every night cricket scene and everyone's lowering in the pints, you know. And I would have been that soldier. I used to love my Guinness. And uh, we were all hanging around the pitch and one of my friends saw, I think some of the glasses have zero zero written on them or she saw me getting one at the bar and I said zero zero Guinness or whatever. And she was like, are you not, are you, are you on, what are you doing? Are you not having a real drink or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And I said, uh, oh no, I'm just um, on a bit of a health buzz. Oh, listen, and then I was cycling off into the distance later on that evening because, you know, we just cycle around the corner to the club or whatever yeah. with the kids and everyone else was still, you know, milling into the pints. And uh, I just said, oh, I'm off now. And she's like, oh, listen, see you next time when you're more crack and you're having the vino. And I just thought, geez, and she sort of shouted it. And I just kind of thought, oh, my God. So if you weren't real strong in, in the why of it, I just really wanted to see if there was something else. Yeah, you know? yeah, I was just yeah. so sick of the hangovers. Um, could you not, could, you, could all, you could also say, I'm driving or something. That, that'll kind of get you out of jail, won't it? But you shouldn't have oh, to do yeah. that, though. I know. I mean, the problem is, I suppose, what I wanted to do when I started this is was to be really kind of powerful in it, you know, to sort of make people go, geez, oh, there is another way or, oh, she's still a bit of a laugh and she's not, you know, having a bottle of wine or whatever. I kind of wanted to also challenge myself to to sort of put myself in the firing line of it and to see what the reaction was, probably because I thought it turned it into an article in the Irish Sunday Mirror, you know yourself. Yeah, I know. But do you have as much, do you have, I mean, you, you remember everything, of course, clearly, right? Um, oh, but but yeah. do you have as much? <laughs> you're do, you know, yeah. do you have as much fun? I mean, you probably have the personality that you wouldn't need drink to have fun. But but others, they, they probably need it. You know, just to to unwind it, or yeah. have a bit of crack. 
No, I think we've been conditioned to think we need it because it's been infiltrated in our society like since the year dot. So, I mean, everyone always remembers going into the fields and having that first can. Well, maybe not everyone. <laughs> where I where I live, we all used to sneak off and, you know, tell our moms and dads that we were, uh, you know... The we rite of passage, the, uh, yeah, yeah. You know yourself, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that was all, that's always been accepted. I think it's changing now. I think that younger people, with the advent of smartphones, they don't want to be seen like that. They, they understand that they could be photographed. <laughs> they, you know, I think, and there's also a shift in consciousness because I think people realise there's actually more and the young ones know it more. Now there's all those bars, you know, the Virgin Mary. I think I used to slag off these booze-free bars years ago. When I was Did you used coffee. to slag off the mocktails then and things? Whereas now, I used to probably, didn't I? But anyway, look, I'm all into them now. Yeah, is it is it a generational thing? Um, the pressure that people are put under because you just mentioned younger people. You, you will you will go to bars in Cork now and it's very busy and they will run out of zero zero Heineken bottles primarily. Oh, they will run out that's of a great. lot of the the other ones like that because young people are m- embracing more alcohol free nights out. But the older generation look on suspiciously at people that aren't having a drink, don't they? <laughs> I think. I think it's what you know, you know. We we don't understand it, kind of my vintage, because we've always done it a certain way. We've always, you know, socialised in bars. We've always kind of, I suppose, let's face it, a lot of people I I hang around with and a lot of my, my life would have been a little bit of the binge culture. Um, and it's kind of, you know, on a Saturday night, Years ago, when you were young, now when you're a mother, you can't be saying I'm getting hammered. But there's still that sort of feeling of, you know, this is the done thing. We all socialise now. I suppose the one or two thing, or no, the one that's one too many. I don't really. I think that needs to change because I don't think a lot of us know the one that's one too many. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think we need to be actually honest and go, like. I don't know. I, I, I never really would sit there sipping a glass of wine for a couple of hours. Yeah, I know. You know. And many people would be, if they were honest enough, would say the very same thing. Do you slip away earlier? Are you happy to slip away oh, earlier? Yeah. You're probably not even missed, really. <laughs> nobody cares. And nobody gives a damn what's in your glass at the end of the day. They really only care what's in theirs. So just always remember that for dry January. Nobody cares. Um, they really might say it at the beginning, and then they'll be nearly in awe of you. And then they're sort of like so concerned with their next drink that they can't remember anyway. So I just think, um, you know, I slip away. Absolutely. I turn up and I put a bit of time into self-care. So before I would have been lashing on a quick bit of makeup to get out to meet the mates to have the first, you know, vino. Yeah, now yeah. I'm like, OK, I only have a few hours or maybe a couple hours. I'm going to really try and look well. You know, yeah. I'm going to maybe maybe treat myself with that money I would have spent on the few pints. I might actually treat myself now to a small manicure or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Do you know, like it's just about switching up the whole. And are you fitter? I mean, are you quick. fitter? Are you more toned? Are you healthier? Do you have more energy? Yeah, geez, wine must put on serious cows. Really? <laughs> I've yeah. lost about, I've lost about. Now, not losing a bit, right? Because, you know, I would always be fit. Just more toned, I'd say now about a stone and a half. I saw you I get into been... an ice bath there last week. What the heck was that about? It looked painful. Yeah, I'm a total mentor. Listen, it really works. So <laughs> the adding in the self-care stuff is actually more about 
if you can if you can work on your mind to be so like even though I, I love the crack with or without drink right still you might feel a bit odd in Ireland going in for a whole night and not drinking because you know we are a drink we, there's a lot of drink around right so I've, I added in all this stuff it was just for features, but then it turned into, oh my God, this stuff is amazing. So I did this deep breathing workshop with this guy called Paddy Douglas who runs Breath Flow, Breath Trust Flow. And you do all this deep breathing, the Wim Hof deep breathing, and then you jump into the ice bath and you do the breathing before you get in. So your your mind, your body doesn't know whether you're in a stressful situation. The only thing that knows is your mind. So you're using your breath to combat the horrific... Ah, give me a break. I saw you. I saw you lowering yourself into that. It was painful. I mean, it's freezing cold. No, but it's... But it's... But when you get out, oh my God. What? What about when you get out? You feel like... You feel like amazing. You feel... You feel like you've climbed Mount Everest or something, like the buzz you get when you get out. Yeah, it's amazing. And you can do that deep breathing. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take your word for that because I would have thought you would have said you'd feel amazing because you were out of it, but you actually feel the benefit of it. No, no. Your whole body has has shifted from the sympathetic think of stress to the parasympathetic, which is, you know, completely zen. Like you feel like you're sort of a Buddhist monk coming out of the thing. But I have to say, you don't want to get into an ice bath. Just get into the, do, do your hot shower and then throw on the cold for like, even 30 seconds. So are you are you finished now with wine o'clock and, and with booze? Is that the end of it or do you think at some stage you'll kind of just readdress it or what? You mean go go mad for the booze? Uh, no, I mean, what's the plan? <laughs> it, it it started as a health kick and now it's just, it's gone on. You've I mean, Christmas, you sail through it. Yeah, like Christmas is a funny one, isn't it? Because drink is everywhere again at yeah. Christmas and that's why I suppose everyone does the dry jam. Uh, you know what it is? The buzz of just being present and aware at the weekends all the time and really being being there in body and mind everywhere you go is addictive in itself. That whole um, kind of notion that we, you know, that thing of we are what we eat and all that stuff, it really is true. And I suppose we think that alcohol is part of our society doesn't have to be. I'm not saying go all teetotal if that's not your your bag. Yeah. But like, maybe just throw in a zero zero every second drink, or else just don't pressurize yourself for dry January. Though, make it more of a lifestyle thing. You know, get into it, feel it, and then what starts to happen is you kind of go, God, why did I ever start drinking in the first place? And is that where you're at now? Yeah, I. You know, I love this so much. I love. Um, I just love the weekends now because the whole weekend feels real long, like it feels really productive, not like I'm going off climbing mountains. But what I mean is all the little, you know, I think wine and, you know, wine o'clock and all that jazz does dull your your sort of uh, dopamine because kind of like, you know, that first drink or whatever gives you that dopamine high. But then after four five drinks, yeah. you're kind of depleting the dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. So what you, so what I've kind of discovered is. We don't bloom and need it. Now, that's just me, each to their own. But if you are doing dry jam, I'd say, you know, go in, look fabulous, have your zero zeros or have your sparkling water with, you know, oh, a great tip is to ask the barman for a really fancy, nice glass. Don't just give me a crap old, you know. <laughs> Why? You know the way they give you those. Cr- you know when you get sparkling water, they don't even give you lemon. Yeah, I know, so I know. Say, yeah, well, give me well, some it, lemon. Why is that? Do you feel better about yourself or you're fooling people? Which? Well, you can fool people and also you feel like it's a treat because I think the only reason why we drink in the first place is because we say we think we deserve it, that it's a treat. So change up the treat mentality. Yeah. The treat could be looking fabulous, buying a new top or it could be like getting your nails done um, as opposed to the treat is the drink. Because if you are doing dry January, 
you feel if you feel in a state of self deprivation, you're not going to do it. You're not. You're, you'll do it, but you won't like it. So yeah, why no, you won't stick it. Yeah, you won't stick it. Well, listen, food for thought then, and words of advice. It's working for you. Happy New Year to you. Great to catch up, Happy Siobhan. Happy New Year. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Take Have care. A good one. Bye. Cheers for now. Great to catch up with Siobhan O'Connor, columnist with the Irish Mirror and RSVP. Text 0868104106 if you're trying dry January and tonight's your first weekend doing things differently. Best of luck. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Uh, still problems on the westbound leg of the uh, South Link. There was a bad, bad diesel spill this morning. It's still at a standstill. Pat says no one's going anywhere. Whoever spilled the diesel should be prosecuted. Uh, incidentally, just one or two other texts then. Please, if you get an opportunity, could you mention my mum, Anne McCarthy from Ballinlock, a loyal listener for many years. She loved your programme. She passed away a year ago today and is very sadly missed. I'm a responder and I actually got the call to go to mum's last minutes. So many thanks to my colleagues who attended with me and gave her amazing dignity. A great bunch at Cork's first responders. Now that's an unsigned text, unfortunately. Oh, I think it's Patrick was in touch. Yeah, it was Patrick actually um, who got in touch about his mum's first anniversary. Anne McCarthy, who passed away a year ago today. Um, morning. Um, I worked in the South Infirmary for Nolignaman 2020 and there was women coming in locked after twisting their ankles in high shoes and after fights on the 6th of January. Oh, it puts a bit of a downer on it. Uh, somebody working in the South Infirmary back in 2020. Um, I don't know, when did the A&D close in the South Infirmary? Anyway, this is for another day. Um, Eleanor's conversation was lovely, but I, this is Eleanor talking about the uh, the family, little family shop in Gary Vaux. But I remember my mam celebrating Little Women's Christmas when I was a kid. I'm 54 now. I don't believe it had anything to do with being paid for turkeys. It's celebrating women because they used to do all of the work at home. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Incidentally, I did get an update from Cork City Fire Brigade. They have several units responding to the reports of a building fire on the Western Road this morning as well. So there's an awful lot happening on the side uh, today. So proceed with caution. I don't know any more about that apart from a building fire on the Western Road. But back to the phone lines we go with, uh, as we used to say in Cork and hopefully still do, Little Women's Christmas. Eileen, good morning. Morning, Nate. Yeah. Um, and f- um, and for you, is it something you celebrate year in year out for a long time? It was when I said there was nothing like women's little Christmas in Silver Springs for Joe Dolan back in the day. And there was a time when Joe Dolan would come and Dickie Rock would come and a lot of Sonny Knowles would go, a lot of the big stars, you know. Yep, but Joe Dolan was the one for Silver Springs. It was magic. I would queue outside. Silver Springs Conference Centre at four o'clock in the afternoon to get the front seat under Joe's nose and sit there for the whole evening. And who would you be queuing with? I'd have four friends because I followed Joe the length and breadth of Ireland. So we would be there all day long. First of all, we'd buy the knickers inside the modern for a euro each, tongs or the G-strings, and bring them along with us. And then we queue there all that length of time just to get in for Tordola. You'd be guaranteed a ticket, but you wouldn't be guaranteed a ticket at the front. Oh, there was no such thing as tickets. You just buy as you go. You get, you get your ticket and you go in and stand at the door and you buy your tickets before that. Sorry, yeah, you buy your tickets yeah, before that. Yeah. But they, it was on reserve seating. And what was the so importance I mean, of being at the front row? Up, up front. Oh, 
just to see Joe and, you know, what I'm saying, you get, you know, he'd know you'll be there. Yeah, I got weird there out there. There was a lot of underwear thrown at him up on the stage, there woman. Was, of course. There, there was, was. no problem. There was. Well, what about it? There was no problem. <laughs> you throw up the G-string, he'd throw back to you. He'd call, we used to call it the revolving knickers. It'd go up. Only a tiny thing. You know, he used to call it a little patch for his eye. A G-string or whatever. <laughs> Bo- boomerang G-strings. <laughs> the boomerang, exactly, yeah. And when he'd sing the banks, he would have the audience eating all the palm of his hand. It was magic. Uh, the following night, then I could be in the Rue Glen in Waterford, Waterford for him, and he gets the same liquors. The night after that, then I could be in the Red Cow, and he gets it again. So he must have had a great order. aim that he was able to throw the right knickers back to the right women. Well, to see, he just throw it, and whoever got it, got it. I mean, some people, there was more often than not other people that got my knickers like, but I mean, <laughs> that's why I'd have three or four of them <laughs> on standby. But there was nothing like it. It was just magic. What? Odd. There was nothing, as I said, they do say there was no show like a Joe show, yeah. and there never would be. And, and what, was, was the, what was actually the hidden message in women throwing their knickers at Joe Dolan? <laughs> I just don't know. It was just, I suppose, uh, you know, it went on. There was no, there was no man, isn't it? You just throw them and just go. <laughs> it was magic. It was brilliant. Oh you know, he, he was just like to see that was part of the show. It was and, part of Joe's show. And would there be a couple of drinks and a bit of food above in the Silver Springs Convention Centre? You had no uh, time for that. Oh, Jesus, no. You would have had that before you went in. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, there was no point in being drunk listening to Joe because you wouldn't remember what happened. And was it only so, women? I know, Jesus, no. There used to be men. There'd be couples there, whatever. But, I mean, we were all women that would be there. I'm just wondering, are men welcome to a woman's night out on Women's Little Christmas? Here's the reason I'm asking. I have a text here that says, It's been a very long and draining Christmas, and my beloved wife worked very hard over the holidays. I'm so glad to see her and her pals are heading out tonight, but she's not as happy as me. You see, I'm going too. And she said it's a girl's <laughs> night out only, and I'll spoil it if I go with her. To be honest, I can't see what her problem is unless she intends to get up to something she shouldn't. I'd love to know, do other men go along with their wives on Women's Little Christmas or am I alone? No, I remember now in Silver Springs on that Little Women's Christmas, all the men used to be down at the back of the bar. Or you'd see fellas sitting around with their wives. So what, like, But would the women not prefer the men not to be there? Well, I don't know. I never went with my husband. I was always with the girls. It didn't make any difference to me. Like, we were always together, four of us. We always, a lot of women together or whatever. And a lot of party nights, you know, from factories and whatever would go out and celebrate that night as well. So the women used to throw their knickers at Joe Dolan and the women then at the Dickie Rock concert used to shout at him? I didn't like him, but used to be shouting out, Spit on me, Dickie! Spit on me, Dickie! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You I, women, I, you women are something else. Oh well, I, as a woman, never said that because <laughs> I, as a woman, didn't <laughs> like sticky rock. <laughs> I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play what? you Joe Dolan song. All right. Do 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 do. Bring can, it all on. You can have a good sing song around the house to this one. Happy Little Women's uh, Christmas, Eileen. And then bye, bye. Thank you. Thank you.
Joe Dolan and Make Me an Island. They say there's no show like a Joe show. Never saw him live, but I'd say it was an amazing experience because his talent was on an international level, wasn't it? It really and truly was really of the highest calibre. The great Joe Dolan. Free Food Friday shout-outs for AIM Beauty Beauticians working the old Mallow Road in Blackpool. Morning to all. Everybody at uh, Audi on the Bandon Road and everybody at Boston Scientific as well. Sheehan's Plumbing and Heating are working hard. Could do with a hot meal, keeping people uh, uh, hot and warm in their homes. Feelings on the Grand Parade. Morning to all there. HB Ice Creams in Carrie Tool are listening. Osarda's, O'Leary's, Lissarda, Volkswagen are on board. Scrappy and all of the gang at Cork Metal Products in Dublin Hill. The Radiology Department in the Matter Private are listening this morning. Free Food Friday shout-outs for everybody at Walsh Graphics in Little Island. James, Niall, Kev and Noel. To the Community Intervention Team on the Kinsale Road to everybody at Forge Hill Motors and all working at Loretta Secondary School in Fromoy and just two or three more the HSSD staff and the Bon Secours working hard and hungry the ED department in the COH and the MUH because they haven't even got time for meal breaks in the emergency departments at the COH and the Mercy and finally Foley's Plumbing and Electrical in Toker always listening they're your free food Friday shoutouts for the first one of the new year we need to pick a winner 15 to 20 of you will be fed this lunchtime courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park back after the break The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 0818 104 106 Okay, lines open. Text 0868104106 for left for what is left of the week. Karen, uh, sorry, Colette is standing by. First up, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, so another gal pal story, please. It involved a weekend in London. How much can you tell us about it? I'll tell you. Now, if I didn't ring in this morning, Neil, my late friend Charlotte would have rang in because <laughs> she just found this so funny. You now, um, I'll tell you now. A couple of years ago, well, a good many years ago. Um, my sister lives in London, so um, my sister-in-law lives in London, so we decided to go off to London. She was having a girls' weekend, and they had this big hotel. So we arrived anyway at the hotel, and to start off the conversation, um, they were all at the hotel, and they were all checking in, and they were saying, have you got your swimsuits? And we said, oh, yeah, we have our swimsuits, and we have the swim hats and everything. But sure, as you know, they don't um, have swim hats, and you don't have to wear swimming hats in London. Well, is, that, what, is that, oh, you don't? No, you don't, not in the swim pools, no. So we saw the girls, like when we saw them on, they were kind of nudging each other, you know, they were nudging each other, having a look at the two blondes here, you know, and they're having their swim hats, so, so anyway, we talked nothing of it. So anyway, we went off, and there was like silver service, and we were getting ready that night, and whatever, and we went off out anyway, and we had a great night, and we used to say, you know, in Ireland, we have a saying, um, oh my God, you look massive, but meaning like, Looking massive, meaning looking beautiful. I think you'd wear swimsuits if you were really protecting your hair or a hairdo, or you had no. You know, a pr- it's, a, it's a swim hat. No, you have to wear them hair. It's swim pool. Yeah, but I think you'd want anyway, wouldn't you? If you were really proud of your hair, you'd long hair, long blonde hair, and you'd it all done up and stuff. You know? I suppose you would. I yeah. suppose you would like, but if you got away with it. But anyway, that was the start of it anyway. So we said, you're, you're looking massive and everything were massive. We had to explain massive means looking beautiful, you know. <laughs> so they, our, our slang anyway was coming out and they found us very funny. And we were like two peas in the pod, myself and my friend Charlotte. So anyway, anyway, the night went on. We had a great night, fantastic night. So we went home and myself and my friend were in our bedroom and we were saying, jeez, they can't drink soup. They were very drunk last night. And we were grand, we thought. Got up the following morning anyway, and we went down, and it was silver service breakfast, so we were booked for your breakfast. So we went down for breakfast, had our breakfast, and 
they all put their names into the hat. So a few of them got the penthouse. Come on, now they said, girls, off back to the penthouse. We're going to have the post mortem of the night before. <laughs> so we, said, you know, we had a great night and the fun and the laughter. So we headed back anyway, and you know, we were heading back in. And we said, your treat. We were getting treatments done, and your treatment was at such a time as this. So next, my friend Charlie said to me, Eric, come on, we go back to the bedroom. She said, I'm tired. We go back and the treatment in an hour. So we couldn't get in with the key card, so the maid happened to be there, and we said, sorry, you'd never leave us into our room, we can't get in. She left us in anyway. We walked into the room, we decided to lay down in the bed, relax in the bed, and I said, Charlie, I'm going to put on the television. I'll leave the television off, she said. So next I said to her, I'll be putting on for half an hour. Next she used to put, when we, when we ever go away, she used to always put her purse under the mattress. If she put her hands under the mattress, she said, Jesus Christ, my purse is gone. I said, what? All my money is gone. Do people do that, like? They put purses and wallets under mattresses. Planking it. She was planking it. And then, and then the... The, the plank. Right, OK. Planking it. So anyway, I got up. And I said, what? And then she said, next, all of a sudden, I went over. Because I looked around the room and I knew there was something different. And I opened the wardrobe and I said, oh, my God, we're after being cleaned out, Charlotte. I said, <laughs> there's nothing there. She said, what? Next, she jumped up, she had me money and everything. I said... F the money, I said, we have no clothes to wear. What are they going to do? There's none of, none of their clothes are going to sit Well, I'm telling you now, next, we kind of, so we got, we kind of got our bearings. We sure we must have been still drunk, me. And we were sent, we thought they were the ones drunk, the English girls. So we opened the door. And when we opened the door, we realised we were in the wrong floor. The wrong floor. I don't know how even did the maid left us in. We looked around and we said, how could this be our room? We left the room with hair straighteners, hair dryers, clothes bags, everything, and as we were coming out of the room, the girls were coming along, the English girls, and they said, sure, we were falling around the place, that they thought it was the best thing, to they couldn't believe it, they just couldn't believe we ended up in the one in the wrong room, and we telling them they couldn't drink soup, that we were sober. Because two women away for a weekend in London, no disrespect, the bedroom will be like a bomb site, right? I mean, believe me, believe me, when we got back to our own room, we were like a bomb site. Oh my God. But it's the same morning, then we arrived down to the swimming pool and sure, I knew then that they were going to mark us. So we planned a swimming hat. So they thought, like, we were definitely two dumb blondes. We came in with the hat, all the hair tucked in. That's we were it. like two with Jesus. But anyway, that was the story. It was so funny, but I'll just, I'll just end up the story. The following year, it was one of their birthdays and they decided to come to Temple Bar to Dublin. We arrived anyway. They were all in Dublin before us, so myself and my friend two trolley dallies we used to call it we ride out of the taxi with our two Louis Vuittons um, pull along which weren't real so knock off um, Louis Vuitton bags yeah knock off Louis Vuittons I'll always remember we came out the two of us and next day we're looking forward to seeing us because you can just imagine the crack from the year before we arrived anyway at the restaurant and next day we said oh they're in there the restaurant it was a pizza pizza restaurant in Temple Bar I'll always remember it Next, we came in, we were just riding into the door, you know, the opening the door. And next, we started waving at them. None of them were waving back at us. And we were, and next, we looked, we were, they were over, they were over on the other side, wondering who we were, we were waving at. We were waving at the mirror. At yourselves? Oh, at them in we the mirror? Then we were with the, the reflection of them on the left hand but, side in the mirror, and they were over on the right hand side. But like, I mean, I could talk to you all morning, but Temple Bar, that's an awful place. What, what, what well, were you doing? Did you enjoy it? We listen now. You must remember. No, this was probably made about thirteen years ago. They were never in Temple Bar. They were never. We wanted them to come to Cork, of course, the real capital. Yeah. But no, they wanted to. So, like, 
they wanted to go to Dublin, so we went there anyway, and we had we did have a crack. Now we said, but I just said you can just imagine the eruption that day again of the weekend here. You'll be, f- I know, yeah, you'll be fleeced in Temple Bar, though. We were, we were, yeah. Oh well, I don't know, no, we were with. Ah, uh, next, next one, have it in Cork, have it in McCartan uh, Street. It was yeah, much yeah. fun. Well, that was it, and you know, I had to ring in this morning because my late friend Charlotte, and you probably would remember um, when she died because her son is Gerald Ahern. Oh, Gerald the magician, is yeah. it? All right. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. So that would have been his mom. And she, I, if I didn't ring in the Oh, no, he's a, mus- he's a musician. He actually wrote a beautiful song he about did. her. He played yeah, it on he air. Did. He did. He did. Oh, he did. yeah. Gosh, she a yeah. good pal of yours. All oh, right. she was my best friend. Oh, God. All right. Well, I'm delighted you share the story on her behalf as well as your own. All right, Sharon. As I say, Neil, she would have rang in this morning, but anyway, so we had great fun. We had great Lovely fun. to remember. Thanks for sharing. Look after yourself. Colette. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for all. Did you find money or something? Was it you were out with your pals? Oh, I might regret this now. Um, it was years ago, um, back in the 80s. Um, myself and my friends, we were 20, 1920. We went out, none of them on. No, not in the intention of you know, going to the bars because we were that age. Yeah, if you uh, were 19 or 20 going out for that, you were gate crashing it. Wasn't yeah, for you, exactly. yeah, yeah. So we were just heading into pennies, you know, two buddies, uh, you know, um, heading off, you know, shopping and whatever. And we got down by the enterprise and we found money. I was saying to my husband, I think it was fifty pounds. It was a lot of money in where we found where and um, by the enterprise bar. I don't know what it was called. Just then, lying there on the path, just on the ground. Yeah, we, I lived in Larger Park and we were walking down Fairs Walk and I, I found it on the ground. So we said, "Oh, this is great." So um, we proceeded. We went into the the, um, the Bowron, I think it was, yeah. maybe at the time. Yeah. And the Oval Bar, we kind of, you know, uh, saw all these women dressed up. Uh, then, it, you know, we realised it's Little Women's Christmas. Come on, we'll, we'll do something mad. We went on the prep crawl. We went up to Bennett's in North Main Street. And um, I was having a good few now at this time. Now, this and is 50 quid back in the 80s. We would go a lot further than now. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't have been used to drink. Um, God rest my mum and dad. I would have had maybe baby sham at Christmas time. That would have been like <laughs> the highlight. Uh, I wouldn't have, you know, been drinking at all. So uh, by the time I got up to Bennett's and North Main Street, I was uh, very uh, inebriated and uh, proceeded to buy a big, large box of potatoes, you know, the big potato box. Uh, bought that, um, went to Cudmore's for some reason and decided I'd treat myself to a huge box the chocolates uh, now I was with my friend I was going to share obviously and uh, we went to the Long Valley oh um, my god you really <laughs> tore the arse out of oh, it you were really go- you were intent on spending this 50 oh we went to I went to Penny's and I bought this felt hat, hat in the sale post Christmas sale uh, I, I, I don't know a black felt big hat uh, winter hat like but you know when did you um, end up when did you end up kissing Paul Newman yeah, so we, we went over the bridge. Uh, I think it's still there today. There was a little pub in McCartan Street, not too far from the Metropole. Um, it, it was one of these pubs. You opened the door and everybody would look at you. The you Cork know? Arms, I'd yeah. say. That's the one you were in, the it's Cork tiny, Arms. Tiny, Great um, pub. All, all men. Was Paul Newman drinking in there, he was? Well, he, he wasn't on that night. He, I, don't, I don't know, was he drinking in, in Hollywood? But he certainly wasn't there that night. But when I went in, um, there was a jukebox. And, of course, 
uh, I, I liked Madonna at the time and I put on like a virgin and I said, oh, this is great. Now I plenty coins, kept putting in the money, kept drinking and the more I looked at this guy, uh, he was elderly, the more he looked like Paul Munson, who knew when he was getting more money. <laughs> and I was saying to my friend, but he, that's, that he said, you know, that's Paul Newman and she was saying, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> and I kept saying, it and I kept saying, he's looking at me but she said, he's looking at you because you're looking at him. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I mean, there is a very, so did you approach him? Did I watch? Yes. I, <laughs> I went over and I gave him one of these. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we were eating the crisps because we were starving. So we were eating packets of crisps as we were, you know, drinking. And um, <laughs> now I was 19, I'm 19, going on 20. And eventually I went over and I gave him a big snog. And the man, no, he was sitting on his own. Uh, he was, in, as I said, in his late 60s, could have been 70. Uh, he might have been in you know, drunk, I don't know, well on, whatever, but I'd say... After we all know who was well on. <laughs> three or four bags of potatoes, <laughs> cheese and onion, uh, giving him this big whopper of a kiss with, with Madonna, like a virgin. How did you feel in. the next morning? How come you recall all of this? I mean, there's a very well, serious well, side to it, don't get me wrong. You well, could have been, is, in, you well, know, could have, could have ended very badly, but it didn't, thankfully. It could have. Um, I mean... We, I, I have no recollection of going home in the sense of uh, there was a big slip by guns in Park Street and we were down there that way for some reason. I think my friend said looking for a cab because we couldn't, you can imagine the night it was, uh, get a cab. And I had the chocolates and of course I decided to have a few more chocolates and I slipped and the, ba- the box of chocolates went into the skip and I tried to get it, go in and get the chocolates and I fell into the skip. Ah, you see, these things oh. can end in tears. And my friend was calling people saying, please, my friend is after falling into the skip. But they were laughing so much. They were trying to pull me out. I was falling. No, it was, it was high with stuff. It wasn't nothing dangerous. You know, it was no... But, but just the thought of being in the skip, face <laughs> down in the skip. Go away. Go away. <laughs> and, um, right. Got the cab home, left, the, left, left what was left of the crisps in the, cab, in the cab and the hat, got home. My mother had died two months previous. My father said nothing. Because um, you know he left to go. God love him. Uh, God you him. must have felt like a train wreck. Oh my God! The next day. I oh my God! And he helped me. He undressed me, the poor man, oh and so did my neighbour Anne Morn, if she's listening. Happy Nunnik Naman. Uh, and, and you too. And you too. And you too. Well said. Well said. Great story. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Khaled. Thanks, Sharon. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. We'll pick winners uh, for Nunnik Naman tomorrow. Uh, sorry, what am I talking about? Tonight at uh, the Metropole Hotel. And also Free Food Friday winners on the way. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Uh, it's absolutely impossible. I wish I had more giveaways. 6.30 p.m. Prosecco reception at the Metropole Hotel. Dinner then, four-course banquet in the ballroom, dancing the night away to the live ABBA tribute band, Super Troopers, and then a DJ till two in the morning with party games and novelties and spot prizes and everything. And thanks for the Metropole Hotel for this giveaway. There are a lot of other hotels, of course, doing uh, Women's Little Christmas nights tonight. So wherever you're going, enjoy. Uh, but for the little time that's left of it, hang on a second there. Tara! Yeah. What did you say your sister's name was that you mortified on the air? Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> is she not talking to you now, no? She, she is, but she wants me not there. to say no more. I'm like, come on now. She's there. Nicole, good morning. Good morning, you how are you? Would you like to go to the Metropole, Nicole, seeing as you are mortified on the air? 
I love it. Can we leave her at home, though? You can do whatever you want with Tara. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be inclined to bring her with you, though. Have a couple of glasses of bubbly and a nice dinner and dance the night away the lot of you, all right? I'd leave her in the middle of a car. She's at her tub then. Look at you to make sure you don't take off your clothes. Good morning. You no, know, I mean, God, listen, it's a nightmare to end up in a hotel corridor without your clothes on. It's the kind of things oh we dream God. about happening, so. <laughs> <laughs> No, never again. I do. I never want to see Clarny as long as. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen. Metropole Hotel tonight. Yourself, Tara, Nicole, and two others. So pick whoever you want and have a great night. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank okay. You. Happy New Year. Happy uh, Little Thank Women's you. Christmas. Enjoy. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good Bye. luck. Good luck. Who have we got? Okay. Okay. Free Food Friday winners for this week. Courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Let's see what kind of a shout out we get from Irish guide dogs from the blind on the Model Farm Road. They are texting week in, week out. Sylvia, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. This will feed maybe 15 or 20 of you. You can give some to the dogs if that's all right. I don't know what you're going to do. But uh, is there enough of you there? How many? Um, we have about 15 right now, but we have more people down in the kennels. Than oh, the fantastic. So there's going to be some great feeding this lunchtime. Give us a big shout out. Tell you what, have you got a group there? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Okay, so hold the phone away from you and give me the biggest Happy New Year, everybody, you can, Sylvia, in your own time. Happy New Year! Oh my God, it's incredible. Well done. That's a serious Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you all. Enjoy food today and well done on the great work that you do at Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind. Thank you, Sylvia. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, gang. Enjoy. And again, thank you to Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Time's up, lads. Back on Monday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.